Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 26. How's it going, Left Hand? It's going great, man. I'm excited about our show today. We've got a good lineup. Heck yeah, we do. I uh, thank our bandwidth sponsors, Firearms Radio Network. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services. All or Nothing Tattoo Studio. That's www.allornothingtattoo.com. And their merchandise store, strangleholdmerch.com. Next Level Training for the CERT Pistol that we are thoroughly enjoying. enjoying. Heck yeah. It's my turn with it this week. I get to uh, take the baby home with me. I can't wait to go shoot after having it. I can't wait to he- go shoot, and I'll go ahead and talk about my weekend guns, which was absolutely nothing because I had LASIK eye surgery Friday, and I haven't really been able to do much of any fun stuff since then. I mean, it's, I got better the next day, but I was practicing with the cert pistol a lot because of that. Yeah, but you couldn't go outside or do anything. I mean, I asked you to come over and hang out at the, the at house. At the pool, yeah, because yeah, that was the next day. I couldn't swim. I can't Wah, swim. I can't get out in the sun. I can't swim for a month. I've been kind of light sensitive, but he said that's normal when you have astigmatism, which is what I had. But I tell you what, well, that makes the vision, like being able to focus on the front sight, at least on the, the cert pistol, has been night and day. I mean, it's amazing how much better. And actually, my surgeon is going to come on the show in about a month or two, and we're going to talk about good eyesight and shooting and guns and red dot sights. It'll be a fun episode. That's about it, my week. What about you? I've still been dealing with the the tornado damage that I had, so I've been dealing with adjusters and contractors and bull crap like that. So um, I missed the cert pistol because I didn't get my practice in. Um, Did you cry? Starting to get my pot belly back, man, because I'm not going to do my sit-ups with it. See, I didn't do any sit-ups with it. I should have been doing that. Yeah. Oh, well. It's pretty cool. But no, I got I got some plans for us uh, with the gun, setting up some, some courses at the Talking Lead. What do we call it? Is it the, the range? The, or The Boneyard. Yeah. We're Compound. What did we decide we are going to call it? We're going to call where the range we made the Boneyard. I think we're going to call the rest the... Uh, the overall the ranch. facility. Talking Lead Ranch. Talking Lead Ranch, yeah. right. So yeah. got, got some fun stuff hopefully planned for that. Nice. Coming up. And then we've got a couple of guests from north of the border. Eh? We've got Trevor Furlot. Take off to the great And <laughs> Well, I was going to play right here. No, play <laughs> Excellent. I love that. <laughs> so uh, we've got Trevor Furlot and Brian. I used to say Bolivar all the time. And, what? And left hand would always say Bolivar. And then finally, when I heard your podcast, I realized, oh, it is Bolivar. Brian Bolivar. Well, yeah. You should listen. That's good. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? Doing yeah. wonderful. Tell us about your weekend guns. You want to go first, Brian? Because you know how long I take, right? Well, yeah, you do. And, and I and I got a comment. You asked how I was, and you know, really today I'm not doing that well, fellas. Why is that? Well, it's really hot. I'm driving around in my car with the roof open and the sun's beating down, and I about got sunstroke. It's like I need a hat or something to cover up my head. <laughs> It's huh. in the mail, I swear. <laughs> My wife did it for me yesterday. <laughs> look, look, guys, look, I know what happened. You guys went down to the NRA convention. You gave my hat to Dustin Ellerman. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's fine. At least you know Dustin Ellerman is wearing my hat. <laughs> 
That's yeah, that's it. Every time yeah, I you see can tell everybody that, on. dude. That's my hat. That's pretty cool. That's right. <laughs> that could be your new claim to fame. There you Somebody go. That's is right. way cooler than me has my hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my point. Thank you, Trevor. Yes, he may want you to autograph it. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can work that out. Sure. You know, we had we had three for him to choose from, and we we said you know that one's reserved for Brian Bolivar. Uh, he goes the guy from the the Canadian podcast. I was like, yeah. He goes, I want it. Got to have it. Uh, he begged for that one. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Okay, D, it's yours. You made the right choice. That, that is what you would, if the, if the tables were turned, I would give away your hat in, in an instant. In an instant. <laughs> I, in fact, I would take the hat off your head and give it to Dustin Elliman. Awesome. So, okay, what did I do in guns this week? Um, I actually got to the range to just do a little practice, not, not a match or anything on the weekend, which was good. I was working on just checking to see if I'm developing a flinch or anything like that, and that seemed to work out well. No flinch. You got rid of your yips? Yeah, I, I don't know what. I, I had noticed some you had problem. some yips a few weeks ago. Yeah, I had some yips the last match I went to, and I was trying to sort those out, and, and so far I haven't found it, so hopefully it's gone. And then I got to plink a little bit with the pistol, get some uh, get some practice in there, because I haven't been shooting my pistol much at all. And Man, I love me, my 1911. It shoots so nice. It's all good. Uh. What kind of 1911 do you have? I have um, a pretty old... Uh, Get this. this is, you're going to love this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got a pair of ordnance SSP made in Canada. Canada. Back, wow. Back, yeah, back in the day. Back before para ordnance became para USA. So did you buy it new? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I bought that used. Gotcha. I buy most of my guns used. They, they don't break. You don't have to buy new guns all the time. It's nice, but... Well, it, it's nice to have a variety. That's well, the way is. I look at now, it. Well, the, the the other pistol in my hand here, my M&P, I bought that new. Yeah, we had that this hasn't... discussion on the show a while back. Is Every time I you know I buy more than one gun at a time, my intention is to either trade or sell one or two of them, and I always end up keeping them. <laughs> so it just it never ends. Yeah, that's that happens. I, I have a, a theory that if I kept all the guns I've ever had, my house would leak guns. <laughs> it would leak guns? <laughs> I don't, could, I don't mind trading guns. Yeah, well, I don't mind trading guns once in a while. Oh, I don't mind trading as long as the trade's right. Yeah, well, I'm never good at trading. I can I can get my hands on a really nice gun, and in, in two or three trades, I can have a complete piece of junk in my hands for sure. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, you end up trading down, huh? Yeah, it, it seems to be the way I do things. So so that's about it. Now, I was going to go to the range today, but somebody had to reschedule something, so... I don't know what don't you're talking about. Don't be mad. Come on now. <laughs> well, again. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So what about you, that Trevor? A pretty busy week. Two uh, shot two matches. I shot one uh, three-gun match. So it was pistol, rifle, and uh, shotgun. And uh, then the second day was a match at my club. It was a level two Ipsic match. That was pistol only. Um, finished fourth in one and first in the other one. So it was pretty con- pretty uh, constructive weekend. And... Uh, uh, well, Wednesday or Tuesday night, the host, my fellow host from Slamfire Radio, came over to join me and brought uh, Owen brought a buddy with him from uh, their home club. And the purpose for their trip was we were supposed to all go out on a lobster fishing boat. The owner of the boat has a license to shoot seals because the seals are quite a nuisance and they cause a lot of problems for the fishery. So he actually has a license to shoot seals. So we were going to go out and partake. Yeah. Yeah, it was going to be a good time, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Peter loves you guys, don't they? Oh yeah, well, you know, you know, Peter stands for up here, right? People eating tasty animals. You know it. Same thing here. Yeah. 
So um, I was going to, you know, harvest uh, seal flippers for all my podcasting friends, but alas, it didn't didn't work out. Alas. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try and be back in, uh, in. So we send August. you guys hats and you send us seal flippers. <laughs> it's the Canadian way. <laughs> That's a whole different kettle of fish. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) When we send you seal flippers, they are dipped in maple syrup. It's all good. Oh, well, then that that, that makes it much better. (laughs) Stuffed stuffed with Canadian bacon. Oh, bacon (laughs) is good. So anyway, the weather weather canceled that, so we just spent the day at the range doing some drills, just moving drills and clearing house drills and running around with our pistols and our rifles and playing like that. It was a lot of fun. So you, so you both are pretty um, into the competition shootings, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Probably um, of all the Canadian podcasters, I think Brian and I are the ones that do the most competition. The rest of the guys do shoot some stuff at their local clubs, but uh, Brian would travel around Ontario and shoot service rifle matches, and I travel around Atlantic Canada to shoot IPSC matches. The left hand yeah. and I have been into talking about doing competitions for about ten months we, now. We so. talk talk a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's easy for you guys. You, know, you yeah. just find find a ninety PA club nearby and show up, <laughs> find out what category your pistol will put you in, and uh, start shooting. Yeah. There's Thank one you. every Tuesday night that we say we're going to go to every Monday, and we don't go. It's always coming. You got to try it. It's a it's a heck of a lot of fun, and. I encourage anyone who carries to get out there and shoot competition, not because competition shooting is going to make you a better defensive pistol shooter or make you any better on the street or make you give you the skills you need for an actual uh, quote-unquote gun battle, Uh, but you will practice the fundamentals of marksmanship. You'll practice getting the the pistol out of the holster cleanly, quickly, and uh, so everything you, know, you need to know to make yourself a better shooter. <laughs> so, exactly. so yes, yeah. it will make you a better shooter. <laughs> it will make you a better shooter. Absolutely, it'll it'll improve your shooting skills, but yeah. you still need to take other kind of courses. You know, like the stuff yeah, that sure. you guys do with Jaeger. Yeah, it won't necessarily make you a better gunfighter, but it'll make you a better shooter. Right, that's right. And, and certainly, you'll improve more than sitting on your sofa with your gun in your in your hip pocket yeah. and not shooting it. So exactly. Exactly. I forget what show it was on. It might have been um, this show. Yeah, I think it was this show. Uh, there was a guest on, I think, who mentioned he was carrying his brand new gun that he hadn't shot yet, and shivers went down my spine. <laughs> his EDC his, it, was his brand new, uh, what was that? Was it a SIG? That was 1911, wasn't it? I can't remember what it was, but I yeah, we both, we both chuckled at that one, too. Yeah. So <laughs> Bless his heart. Other than that, uh, I'm doing some shopping for some Glock parts. I'm thinking about building a second competition pistol in 9mm. Right now I shoot a 40, and I basically want to build the same gun, but in 9mm. I shoot a Glock 35. Cool. Um, we know a guy. guy. Oh, you know a guy? We yeah. know a guy. What kind of parts you need? Uh, I'm going to go with Magwell, tungsten guide rod, extended mag release, fiber optic front sight, all the bells and whistles, new trigger kit, the whole thing, right? Yeah, talk to Zach at Lone Wolf. Yeah, well, actually, I kind of off of... Uh, Zach gave me a connector and a trigger spring at Mag 40 last September with the gun dudes. Yeah, that's and nice. And I dropped that into one of my guns, and it is now the nicest feeling trigger of all the Glocks that I have hands down. Awesome. And the previous trigger kits that I was using, or trigger springs rather, from Zev, three of us use them, and we're going through a spring or two a year, and that's that's crap. You can't be breaking trigger springs in your competition gun. So I'm I'm done with those, and I'm going to get on to the long. It's what? crap unless you're Zev. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I remember that because I was at one of those competitions when the only gun that broke was a Glock. 
uh, using a Zev spring. Yeah, it was a yep. muffins gun. And now yep, Harold, Harold broke one. I broke one. I broke two. So I change my spring kit every year just to be sure. But that's not necessary. I'm sure there's another company out there like Lone Wolf that's making a better spring kit. Now that I've gotten some, thank you, Zach. Yeah, I'm sold. Now, Trevor, question. Can you – would you be able to just drop in a 9 mil barrel on the gun you have? I can, but then I – wouldn't have another gun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, all right. If I do it my way, I get another gun. If I do it your way, I don't. You follow I, me? I, I, no, and that's fine. I, I can appreciate that. So we've got a new little segment here. This is Gabby on Guns. Yep, that's right, everybody. It's time for Gabby on Guns, and we've got Gabby Franco here with us again. Hello, guys. How are hey, you? Hey, Gabby. And How are you, Lachlan? So we, <laughs> we seem to uh, be jinxing you on the weather down there. You got another uh, bad storm going through? Oh, my goodness. This is Miami. This is South Florida for you. You never know. Uh, when so it's, it's not rain. our fault then, huh? Okay, <laughs> good. We're not jinxes. Yeah. I know. I hear you. <laughs> so you've had a lot going on since we last talked. When we last talked, we were trying to get you motivated to get your book out. Since then, you have released your book, right? Yeah, it has been a, such a great adventure, and the, the funny thing is that I finished the book, I designed everything, the layout, the cover, and I was so trying to make it so perfect that we go to family members to review, and, the, and they were like, Abby, it's perfect. But you know, you I felt like my parents telling me, yeah, you know, it's great. For them, everything is perfect. Right. So, you can't take uh, yeah. what they say uh, to heart, right? <laughs> and and finally, I said, you know what? I, that's it. It should be it. I think this is great. And when I sent it out and started receiving all the feedback from people that have read it, that they are using it, and they're saying, Gabby, this is amazing. This is a great product. I'm like, wow, great, you know? Well, it's awesome. Congratulations. We're glad you got that out finally. And it's called troubleshooting, right? Well, it is, the troubleshooting is the whole is the name of all the series. It's going to be a series of books. Oh wow! So yeah, and not only in English, I'm already working on obviously to make it Kindle for Kindle, and also in Spanish. Every all my manuals are going to be both languages. Nice. You know, I can I I won't forget about my. My people. Not going to forget about your heritage, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And um, so this first one is all about marksmanship with the pistol. Okay. That's pretty much how I grew up and how I studied it. And and so on, I'm going to do some others about mindset, and which I think is very important. You can't be a complete shooter or an, or an athlete if you don't have a, a, a mindset of you know, sportsmanship and especially con- self-control, which is one of sure. the things that always amazed me, not only for other people, but even for myself, you know, how your mind, how to control yeah. your mind and how to make er- things happen still, but just by controlling it. So yeah. if people wanted to get the book, how are they, how can they get it right now? Well, right now they can get it through amazon.com. Okay. And you just can go to um, check uh, in books, Troubleshooting Gabby Franco. They right. can go to my website, www.gabbyfranco.com. And soon I'm going to have them on 
actually, on my website, you can find the link that takes you directly to the Amazon website. But soon on my website, I'm going to have them for sale so I can do uh, autographed and personalized. And not only that, they're going to be numbered. Kind of like you did that, that Glock that we saw. Oh, oh my goodness, that was funny. That, that was, was awesome. That was in Kabul, Missouri, which yeah. I had a great time over there. Um, so that was one of your one of your training classes that we talked about last show that you're traveling around the United States doing, right? Yes, I'm. Decide, you know, in Miami, most of my students are men. Like I would say, eighty percent of them are men. Most people think that I teach women. No, most of my students are men. So I designed this training class just for women. And it's not only a shooting class, it's also a seminar. And I talk about crime prevention, mm -hmm. firearms, and I give them a very nice speech about empowerment. Nice. To give them, to give the ladies that push. Because you can talk to ladies, to women, about, yeah, criminals are out there, and they know. I mean... Of course, they know there are criminals out there. They, you can tell them about shooting a gun, teach them how to shoot and all that stuff. And they are like, all right. You know, so they know all that, but there's something that's keeping them from doing it. Right. Sure. They're hesitating for some reason. Right. Exactly. So basically, that's what I You help know. them overcome that, that obstacle that's preventing them from doing that. Exactly. And yeah. and part of my and that's why the name of the seminar is Tough Women in Pink. Tough Women in Pink. Yes. I like that. And ironically is that I don't use anything pink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean I my guns are black. I I love my my guns the way they are. I don't wear you know, pink shirts or T shirts You're or a blue blue green kind of girl. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know what? The pink to me kind of reflects, you know, being feminine, being a woman, being sweet, being nice, being mm. gen being gentle. Right. But but yet, but yet you have the tough woman, which is a part of, you know, it's a independent, it's strong, don't, you know, don't be don't put limits to yourself. So it's a Right. I I put both on the table. It's a good well, symbolism. Exactly. So you, you can still be feminine, you know, the soft side, but yet there's no reason why you can't be strong, independent, just like you're saying at the same time. Just what be is, a badass. <laughs> and in pink. <laughs> Basically, yeah. You know, one of the things I uh, sometimes I don't like, I would say I don't like because that's something that everybody can do whatever they want with their life and their attitudes or whatever. But women sometimes think they have to be like a man, to be in a male-dominated sport. Sure. You know, you well, know, and no, I don't think that should be the case. I think you, you are more respected when you keep who you are and how you are, and men respect you that way. Well, you've certainly proven that from your, uh, your time <laughs> on Top Shot, no doubt. Even, even, even last night, that competition was intense. It's not like you were off or your game was off. He just was just a little bit more. It's any given Sunday, you yeah, know. Yeah, he, it he was. Just, he just was just on his game a little bit more than you were when it came down to it. But at the beginning of that show, Gabby, I never would have placed you in the elimination round. The as quick as you, the dice game that you guys were doing, unbelievable. You just smoked him. <laughs> you know, 
when when we went to the strategy and I was hearing and reading people say, oh, Gabby should have been in the fifth place, sixth place. At that point, perhaps, you know, I could have been in the fifth, shooting for the fifth, for the five um, targets. And I'm pretty sure I would have done great because I was, I mean, my concentration goes to a point sometimes beyond my imagination. Sometimes I... <laughs> You know, underestimate myself. You know, but um, I'm, I'm but, you know, sure you pictured yourself shooting one, two, three, four, five, and six all by yourself, didn't you? <laughs> You're like, just let me do it, guys. Sit down. I got this. But but at that level of shooting, I saw everybody's accomplishment. I mean, you have Brian Zines, right? Oh, wow. You know, you have Alex who did the the axe shot. You know, and he. Pretty much shot. Remember that challenge? Or he have to oh, shoot yeah. in the axe divide. Had to split it, yeah. Uh huh. And you know when they, I said, okay. You know everybody was doing. I like to be. You know, see how everything goes. And I saw everybody was like, no, I do number five. I number number six. And I said, okay, I do number one. There's only one shot. I can't make that. At all. <laughs> you know, it's one shot, one hit. That's right. You know, and you did. As much responsibilities I have for number one as the number six. It's funny that when it was my time and I didn't know who the other team were going to pick to go against me. And I saw, they say, Adam. So ironically, I'm the, I was the smallest person in the house and Adam was the tallest person <laughs> in the house. <laughs> so it, it was very interesting and, and he had a great, I, I mean... It was great. It was a competition within friends. Now, so. Tell us a little bit behind the scenes last night, what was going on after Okay, after the dice competition. How did you feel about that? I mean, I know going in the first three, you thought you guys were probably going to nail it, and then those guys just all of a sudden out of nowhere took it from you. What was the, what was the mood like in the house afterwards? I have to say, you know, every time I go through everything in my life, um, I've learned that everything happens for a reason. Right, but sometimes we, as uh, humans, as persons, we are very stubborn. We want to go A because I want to go that route, and I want to go that route. Right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are stubborn that way. So when I remember, before I go to that your question, before I answer your question, um, when Kelly started asking for people, and I saw that that he asked for Brian Scenes, and he asked for Alex, I said. Pick me, please. Can you pick me? <laughs> I swear. I mean, I had no doubt whatsoever that that was the winning team. I mean, I was like, pick me, pick me, pick me. I want to be in your team. And he actually did. Sometimes I wonder, you know, I'm, um, I'm a religious person. And, and sometimes I wonder what would have happened if I would have led everything that happens kind of in their course. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I don't know. Perhaps I wanted it so bad that it happened. I don't know if that was my destiny either way. Perhaps it was. But I can remember me being like so stubborn that I wanted to be picked <laughs> by Kelly. And I was picked by Kelly. Yeah. Well, so, and again, through no fault of your own. I mean, you held up your end of the team and, you know, you, you aced your, you know, your yeah, was, task I, that you were had, sent to do. I had, had no doubts whatsoever that... You know, I was the first one. I was pretty much open up. I was 
the opening the show pretty much exactly. you know yeah. and my mind my mindset was not on anybody else but how my show needed to be done and I did it exactly how I envisioned right exactly how I envisioned that's how it happened faster than what I thought <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody thought that was super fast from their reactions it was amazing yeah it, it was pretty cool but you know, so telling you that, thinking that that was the team I thought was going to win, coming down to proving ground, I was in disbelief. I was like, I wouldn't say in shock, but kinda. Right. You know, it's like I could not believe that that was happening. You see, um, it kind of took me a little bit. Plus, yeah. that was a long day. You know, a lot of things going on after. The previous challenge with the archery. Uh huh. That so, was cool too. You 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 bashed up your arm pretty good doing that one, didn't you? Oh, I sure did. I mean, the funny thing is that I I don't say bad words. No matter what you try me to say, <laughs> I don't say bad words. The funny thing is that I'm in practice, right? And you can see that. And I was so frustrated because it did no matter how many times I tried to fix my arm. I kept hitting it that it, I said a bad word in Spanish. <laughs> so, so my friends, once they saw that, they were texting me everywhere, Gabby, did you say what I thought you said? <laughs> now, one question I wanted to ask you, when, it, when you went to the Proving Grounds and you shot your shot, it was a little, it was a little farther off than everybody else. Still better than what, what Left Hand and I could do. No but uh, that look on your face... What was that look? It was it was like you part. It was part. Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen. It was part. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. It was like this whole rank of emotions you went through in a split second. Yes, um, I'm trying to remember because as you might know, this happened almost a year, a year ago. ago. Right. It, it helps a lot to see that again. Watch the show and kind of all the memories, all the feelings. Right. I had my heart pumping last night. Like, <laughs> as if I was there again. Oh, and wow. I can't even describe how much emotions it was. But um, I remember I was holding the rifle, and I could see that dog jumping everywhere. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just keep squeeze the trigger, squeeze the trigger. And it went off, and I pretty much... I knew it was not, not going to be a good shot because exactly where my shot break. I'm mm. pretty good calling my shots, yeah. but I, I, I can't tell exactly because I don't remember. So did the trigger pull kind of sneak up on you? Well, not exactly because it was a little bit high. Right. A little bit high, right? It was more into my position. Oh, gotcha. It was more my. It was more my position. I don't think I have my my elbow very well positioned at one point. I think that's what it was. Like, if I tell you 100 percent sure, I'll lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it happens almost a year ago. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, was that that I I didn't. I don't know. It was it was it was a hard feeling, you know, that knowing that I could, I knew I could make that shot better than what i did right but it just didn't show well like i said in the text you'll you're you're always top shot here oh. <laughs> until they do like a uh, media top shot and we get to go on there yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's going to happen. If they ever do something like that, make sure you nominate us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, this, this competition, you know, Top Shot has been a great thing, uh, besides anything, personally. Has been, um, have made me grow up mentally so much beyond, even though I, I consider myself a very strong person, not necessarily a strong woman, a strong person. Top Shot have made me go beyond what I thought it could happen or what I thought I could do. Mm-hmm. When I accepted coming to this challenge, Top Shot All-Stars, first of all, I was going to be the only woman. And being the only woman in that show, it's a lot of weight on my shoulders. Because if I was sent home first, what everybody was going to say, oh, of course. Of course, she's the, she's the woman. woman. Yeah. It's obvious. So every time I did something, I knew I had to do my best. Another thing that I noticed is when they do team picking, uh-huh. you were never the last one picked. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I wouldn't say surprised, but I didn't. I did not know how that was going to happen. I, I wasn't sure. And yeah, you're right. It says a lot about that. the respect that they have for you as well. Yes. Yes, and I appreciate, you know, I worked hard for it. Nobody can tell me, oh, yeah, Gabby, because it's an Olympic shooter and all that stuff, but I really worked hard to earn the respect. There's no question, you know, that that you've got the skills. And and what's even better is that those guys recognize that, too. And they, the interviews that they do in between the shots and things like that, you know, all the kudos, and you you could see it was genuine respect that they have for you, and that, you know, you earn that. You know, that's that's from your pure skills that you have. You did an awesome job. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> so since it's your inaugural Gabby on Guns segment for our show, why don't you throw out a good tip for uh, the ladies on crime prevention from your seminar you did last week? Well, one of the things that pe- women take for granted is their position and their role as um especially when you have a when you you have a you know your husband or boyfriend you need to be part of the team women expect the men to be the protector sure. women expect the men to be the superman and i tell them hey the only superman you're going to watch is the one the hot guy on on the <laughs> <laughs> those are usually the ones the that movies. crumble first <laughs> but your husband is or your boyfriend or your that is not a superhero. You need to come up and start being more aware. Talk to your to him and work as a team. Like, okay, let's put um, you know, like a code word together to if I see something, I tell you. If you see something, you tell me what we're gonna do. Let's go back. If I see a uh, few guys that I don't like, I, I tell you, hey, look at that over there. So your husband or your boyfriend is aware. Some women think expect him to do everything. Mm-hmm. No, we have to be responsible as well. We have to stop te- texting on the phone while we're walking or talking on the phone. It's just be aware all the time. No whether you're by yourself or by with your spouse or somebody else. Awesome. And especially and and I I tell this to Pepper all the time is when you're when she goes out with her girlfriends when you're in a group of girls because they're mm-hmm. all usually paying attention to their own little world and not yeah. the situation around them so i always remind her when they go out is like, right, you know pay attention to your surroundings you know be be aware be alert because i know your girlfriends aren't going to be <laughs> yeah 
And, 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 and it happens, like you said, when going out with girlfriends, but sometimes women expect the men to be, you know, like I said, the superhero. Women, mm-hmm. we have to take that responsibility that we also are part of the team. And if you're a mother, you're also part of the team protecting those kids down, you know, That's right. next to you. Very good point. Great tip. Well, Gabby, that was an awesome first segment. We're excited. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on again, and we will talk to you again next month. Excellent. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks. Thank you. How cool was that? We got Gabby coming on once a month now doing Gabby on Guns. That's awesome. That was a good little segment. Would you ever thought that we'd be having Gabby Franco on our show four months ago? Would you ever thought it? I would not have thunk it. She's just as sweet as she could be, but at the same time, she's a very focused and determined individual. And a heck of a shot. I'm not going to say woman, I mean, just person, individual. Heck of a shot, too. Yeah, she got robbed on this week's show. Yeah, no spoilers. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jackwagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. So this week, Jackwagon of the Week. So you've got a pretty good one for us, don't you, Zeke? Yes, I do. And I think a lot of people have seen this. It's been all over the news. And when I first started watching it, I kind of cringed. And I was like, ooh, I felt guilty watching it. But then they interviewed the wife and the husband. It's the guy that brutally, viciously, violently beats the crud out of a woman in front of her, what was it, three-year-old daughter? Yeah, a baby sitting on the couch. Throws her against the wall, just continuous punching, puts her in a chokehold, eventually throws her down their basement stairs. It's just needless beating as well. (laughs) And he didn't even steal anything, did he? No, yeah, he got away with like her wedding ring and some jewelry. Part of it, he's the jack wagon elite. Of course, he's on the jack wagon train. Yeah. The other part of it, like Gabby was just saying, uh, women being aware of their environment. I told my wife, as soon as I watched that, I made her watch it, and I said, I want you to have your gun on you at all times in this house. Because mm-hmm. this happened at Or have 10 access th- to it. This thing happened at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. Or just have ac- just know where it's at. She could she could have got up at any time and gone to, her, to where it was yeah. and dealt with this bozo. Jack wagon. But <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just made no sense. It was vicious. She just it kept on, and she... And, and that goes she, back to his simple act of violence. Well, she was obviously defenseless. I mean, there was nothing she could do, you know, to prevent him from doing whatever yeah. he wanted to do. But another thing that amazed me was her resilience because she kept getting back up. Yeah, I mean, the, I was like, after that first couple of punches, I mean, I would have never got back up. I was okay, dude. Yeah, and then kicked I'm her down. in the head and everything. Yeah. yeah, and it goes back to something that we were told in one of our trainings: if you have a gun and you've got your carry permit. Always carry that gun. Always. Don't think because you walk in your home, oh, I'll lock it up in the safe. I'm good now. That, your front door is not going to protect you. Have you guys like seen that, that video? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I posted a link on my Facebook page with a big disclaimer, a big warning. For, cause I've got some friends who would not like to see that, so I, I wouldn't want to freak them out. But um, that was that was awful. It's yeah. my understanding they hadn't caught that jack wagon yet either, have they? I don't think so. Seriously. No, they, I haven't seen it. I don't think I want to see it. It's it's pretty it's disturbing, but you know the couple had a good point. They want everybody to see it one because they think they they hope they can catch the guy off this because they got good video of it. It was a nanny cam. That oh yeah, caught I mean, it. you see the guy clearly. But day. two, they want people to be aware that these this surprise attack can happen at any time, and you need to be prepared. I mean, you need to be able to defend yourself in some way our opinion you need to have a firearm well i think it's good video for those people who don't believe in carrying especially in the house uh, your own domicile yeah 
I think it would definitely um, wake some people up. Oh, yeah. Woke me up. I mean, just the, the surprise factor of it. Just imagine somebody busting in. You don't know what the heck's going on until you're getting beat on the couch. And that was the other thing. Yeah. Her three-year-old daughter is sitting there watching the whole thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's beyond. It, honestly, being attacked in the house is what worries me the most. Sure. Because um, Really? It's what worries me the least. I just, I just think that's where the highest likelihood of me and my family being attacked is. Yeah, and, and well... Mm, Why the least, Trevor? Well, because here I'm prepared for it, right? My EDC, mm-hmm. well, we'll talk about it later, but it's not a handgun, you know? No. But in my home, I have ready access to them. Right. Out on the street, I don't. So if, if there's a group of people on the street in a disparity of force, I'm pretty much hooped. But, you know, I'm prepared for it in my home. I know what room I'm going to be in and where everything is and how to defend it. Yep. Yes. You mean I it's, it's I, not like Michael Moore says in, uh, what was it, Bowling from Columbine, where all the doors in Canada are unlocked and you can just walk in and say hi to anybody? <laughs> a lot. There's more unlocked doors than you would believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, will, I will say this. Y'all are some of the nicest people I've ever met. I remember going to Canada for the first time, and I went through a Wendy's drive-thru. And they got the order wrong. They were nice as can be. And then the guy came and gave me the order right. And he was like, have a great day. How you you doing? How long you in town, eh? And I was kind of like, okay. Usually the people at Wendy's in America are looking at me like they want me to die. (laughs) Well, they were probably dumbfounded by you to begin with. Start off with your accent. Yeah, yeah, that's probably part of it. Because that's probably why they jacked your order up so they'd come out and see, <laughs> see, see who and what you were. They thought I was going <laughs> to ask if they had a party mile. <laughs> oh. No, well, why shouldn't it be that way? Yep. And you, know, you get that I, for the most part down here too, and in, in yeah. the south, it's Tennessee. But I was going to say a minute. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Well, just, just jumping back, Trevor, to to your comment that you're you're not as worried about it in your house as as you are in the street. I look at it like this: if if someone comes into my house, I have no control over that, and I got nowhere to go. I'm in my safe space. Yep. If if I'm walking down the street and there's uh, I see a group of, of thugs or something or something I think is kind of hanky, I can turn around and I can get out of that situation. Absolutely. Well, and an- another point to that, hanky. If you're out on the street and you're carrying and you see those the group, you're more prepared. They don't have the element of surprise on you. If you're just sitting in your house watching TV and you're five feet from the front door and all of a sudden it's kicked in and a guy's run at you full speed. You had no clue, and the element of surprise has this huge... I mean, I'm your with, brain's going to go, I'm with Trevor, is this though. real? I mean, <laughs> I'd much rather somebody try to take me in my house because I know they're going to get dealt with. I mean, even if they get the better of me somehow, I've got another you know, backup point. over here, you know, or I've got another backup over there. Where, But, but, you know, think, but think about this. You, you just laid out the scenario. You're sitting on the sofa watching TV and someone kicks in your door. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what condition of awareness you're in. That is, you are caught flat-footed and surprised. You don't, you're going to have to react to well, that situation. And that's the whole point of, of any kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, anytime you're accosted, I mean, you're, uh-huh. you're not ever expecting it. So you're going to yeah. be surprised anywhere. But in your home, it, and like Trevor says, and you should go over this with your family, you know, your wife, your kids, whoever's going to be living there with you. Somebody breaks into the house. Here's our best course of action. Here's where all our defensive things lie. Obviously, the best thing to do is go out the opposite door if you can and, and avoid it at all costs. But if you well, can't, then yeah. boom. Well, it, comes back, it comes back to what Masada Yub said, and that is action is always faster than reaction. So know from where the attack is going to come and have a counterattack ready in place. Yeah, and that attack may be, that counterattack may be getting out of there. 
Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, exactly. If you're in your house, it's really hard to. I, you know, people say that. Well, if somebody comes in the front door, I'm just going to gather everyone up and get out the back. How do you know there's not someone out there waiting on you? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of the idea of leaving my house if I'm attacked. I'm in my safe zone, my safest possible zone. Yeah. So. Well, guys, tell us a little bit about who you are, your shows, how we kind of got connected with you guys. Give us a little background of both of you. We'll we'll go through the the big four as soon as y'all tell us about your shows and stuff. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go first because Trevor <laughs> will take forever. <laughs> That seems um, like a recurring theme with you two. Uh, it's just knowing Trevor. It's it's better not to let him go first. Okay. And he'll admit it. He's, he's fine with that. I don't even know what you're talking about. I was just being polite and letting you go first because it's the Canadian thing to do. Well, yeah, it's the Canadian so way of life. You still live in the Maritimes, so you're more polite than I am. I've, I've been corrupted by living in Ontario. How about you just get on with it? <laughs> okay, I can do that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm the uh, host of Canadian Service Conditions Radio, and basically we look at the shoot the sport of service condition shooting, which is military-style shooting. Uh, we actually do shoot with military shooting teams on military bases. Um, it's actually, as far as I know, a uniquely Canadian sport. I don't think there's any other countries where uh, civilians can shoot alongside um, – members of their military with the with basically the same equipment. Um, we don't get to shoot belt-fed machine guns beside them, but mm. we do get to shoot ARs, which are essentially equivalent to their uh, C7 rifles or their, their M16s, that, that sort of thing. And it's a small sport that I think deserves to grow because it is uniquely Canadian, and it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool to get out and be able to stretch rifles out. Like, we shoot at distances from 10 yards to 500. Actually, if you're shooting uh, precision, we'll shoot back to 800 yards. So is this like civilian against uh, military? Is that how that works? Um, or is it just it, every it, man for himself? Well, we, we actually end up there's you end up getting grouped in teams of four people for an aggregate score. You're Individually, you're just competing for yourself for your own score. Uh, but uh, you do put an aggregate together of four people for, for a team score as a, for a prize, that kind of thing. Um, I don't try and shoot against the military much because they kick our butt. They're really, really good. <laughs> now, did it, was this started by the military or was this a civilian well, thing? This, this really kind of goes back to Confederation. Um, after uh, ourselves and our, and, and our British friends uh, kicked you guys out in 1812, <laughs> we, uh, we decided that this was a way to help keep uh, a militia or the reserve units in our military uh, trained in shooting. Okay. That was the whole purpose. And uh, it just sort of continued on. Um, what basically happens is um, our organization um, does the organization for the matches, does the registrations, a bunch of the, a bunch of the stuff behind the scenes so that the teams can come out and, and focus on, uh, on participation and shooting and, and really learning how to shoot. Um, the idea with the rifle teams is uh, units will send uh, four, eight, or 12 guys to to act on a rifle team. They develop those skills, and then they take those back to their units. Gotcha. To, to help train everybody else in their units. That's my understanding of it anyway from a civilian standpoint. I, I mean, I'm, I've never – I don't have any military background. I'm, I'm purely a civilian, and uh, so I, I'm – 
I hope I'm getting that basically right, and I'm not going to have some member of the CF coming is, and yelling at me and saying you're you're wrong. Is but Tim anyway. still on your show, Tim? Tim Foley, yeah, yeah. Is he military? Just, he was. He okay. was in the reserves for I think about five years, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, and which is another side benefit of having him on the show because he can he can kind of talk. About some of that stuff knowledgeably, which is which is great. Yeah, um, he, he goes into some good detail on uh, some of the rifles and the, the shooting that you guys do. Yeah, he's uh, he's a rifle nut. He's a rifle nerd, really. Yeah. He is. <laughs> he he loves his Colts and his uh, and his high end stuff and his his Tavor and, and all that deal. So Tavor, it's Tavor, Tavor, Tavor is <laughs> awesome. I want one so bad. Yeah. All right, I turned Everyone's, one down. Yeah, smart. I had one. Or I had an opportunity to get one. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Some guys really like You know, they're fine. They're, they work great, but I would just rather have an AR-15. I would yeah. rather have two for what those things cost. <laughs> uh, well, what that's, are they going for down there? This one was offered at 20... 25, wasn't it? It was like 22 or 2500 Yeah, I think it's 25. I can't remember what it was. They're about Not 27 much. up here, I think, right, yeah. Kevin? Okay, about yeah. the same then, yeah. Now, is that Looney's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, y'all get the best names for money up there: Loonies and Toonies. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, and we have the brightest colored money too. <laughs> Loonies and Toonies, yarn into the Warner Brothers at all, are you? <laughs> yeah, because you got Bugs Bunny on your dollar. So, Trevor, no. what about what about your show? Uh, my show. Is, or Brian, uh, were you finished? Well, yeah, basically. Okay, so tre- <laughs> so Trevor, what about your show? Uh, thanks for doing that, because otherwise he just would have went on and on. <laughs> Unlike you, I, I was, it, it, that shooting sport is so boring. I was just I was surfing the net, looking at Glocks and stuff. So um, looking for dude, springs. you haven't even tried it. Yeah. <laughs> Get over uh, yourself. I Man. will. I will in time. I can't I, believe he's I, not tried it. I'm uh, one of the three hosts of Slam Fire Radio. It's myself, Matthew Warning, Shot McClatchy, and Owen the Warrior Fluelling. And we just get together once a week and talk about our brass. The whole premise of the show is that we um, have a fun round table type light discussion about firearms and using firearms and a little bit of competition. Um, myself, my background with firearms, there was I grew up in a home with firearms. My father taught me to hunt. Um, I started shooting a gun when I was five and uh, never looked back. University, took some time off. Then went to go to university, spent quite a bit of time um, shooting archery competitively. Is that the University and, of Canada? Yeah, we have <laughs> one. It's in the middle. <laughs> you got you all go to the same university, per, yeah. You got more universities per capita than any other country, I think. Probably. We also have the highest amount of edu- un- unemployed, educated people as well. Yep, that would so go hand anyway, in hand, wouldn't it? <laughs> what's that? I said that would go hand in hand, wouldn't it? It would. Yep. Yeah, we got to. Who uh, says uh, education's not a business? Yeah, oh, it's a business. Oh, sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. So while I was there, I t- basically didn't get much done. I went deer hunting a couple of times, but then um, after archery, started buying handguns and haven't looked back. I've been competing for three years now, and not only do I shoot handguns, I mean I shoot everything. I've got a target rifle and a couple AR-15s and shotguns and hunting guns and all kinds of guns. You know, we've got this show here. We've got Gabby on, on the show that they, it's called Top Shot. Do they have that I've in Canada? Heard, I've heard of it. I watched <laughs> season three and I can't seem to find it on National Geographic this year. <laughs> that, is that what channel? It's, it's, on? No, it's History Channel. <laughs> oh, it's History. Sorry, I meant History. Yeah. 
I was looking. If you would look on history, you might have a better chance to stop no, looking I on National Geographic. Yeah. Do they have any shows like that in Canada? Yeah, it's called Top Shot, eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> no, yeah. but I'm, you know, Top Shot Canada would fly. Oh, yeah. It would fly, and they, they, there'd be no shortage of people wanting to get on from all walks of life, from military, civilian, law enforcement. Um, oh, yeah. If, if Colby Donaldson was man enough, he'd come up and do a Canadian version. He's a Texan. He's man enough, that gummit. Yeah. I'm sure they don't discriminate against you guys coming down here and auditioning for the show, you know? Uh, actually, okay. I, th- I think you have to be a U.S. citizen to be on the show. Do you? Really? Uh, it's yeah. probably some of the gun laws or something. What's that well, matter if they're in the United States? No. Was well, Gabby a yeah. citizen? Yeah, Gabby's a citizen. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Given the state they shoot that in? Uh, yeah, really. Actually, we're, California. we're a little more free. Yeah. <laughs> California. So, as you guys know, I think y'all have listened to the show before. Yeah, I'm not sure. Once or twice. Okay. Um, yeah. You were? <laughs> you guys we, have a show? Yeah. Are we recording this? Y- yes, oh. this is all on air. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Oops. So we've got, I didn't fix my hair. <laughs> we've got a uh, few questions we ask of every guest. So we'll ask one by one. Each of you take a turn on them. First one, how did you get into firearms originally? Trevor. Dad. Shortest answer ever in the history well, he of kinda, talking lead. He kind of already went over that in his okay, other. He's done. Let him go, let, you got a short answer out of Trevor. Roll with it. You just broke a record, Trevor. Thanks, man. <laughs> so you were about eight years old, right? Is that what I remember? No, I was. I was five. There have been firearms in my house as long five. as I can remember, and uh, you never looked back. I, I still have um, a Winchester Model ninety four thirty thirty. That's the first firearm that I remember as a child. We were in the back. We were in. Uh, in a field on my grandfather's farm, shooting at a deer through the window of a 1976 Super Beetle. Sweet. <laughs> I'm on the ground, covering my ears. I'm five years old. This 3030 sounds like a cannon going off. And uh, I still have that gun. I had it fully restored a couple of years back. I traced the serial number. It's a 1972. Awesome. It's beautiful. It has a case-hardened receiver. And uh, I hope to be buried with it someday or die with it in my hand. 41 years first. old. It's a, it's a nice <laughs> Piece of weaponry right there. Yep. So it's a family heirloom as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Um, well, that thing's yep. basically brand new. Uh, the yep. 3030 I got in the safe, I think, was 1902, 1905, wow. or maybe 1910. I, I forget. I checked it once, but it's old. Yeah. It's older in 1972. Yeah. 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 yeah now, so 1972, that's old because that's older than me. So that's, <laughs> that's younger than me. So that's how I started. And uh, I started, I really got involved in firearms in a big way and the political side of it and the whole gun culture with um, my introduction to IPSC. And then um, during the Black Badge course, which you have to take in Canada in order to compete, I met Matthew McClatchy and I recognized him from his YouTube channel. So he at that time was, was running a blog called Gunning for the Truth but who reads blogs, right? And and he was also one of the hosts on Canadian Reload Radio at the time. So he, he and I hit it off, and we started traveling to matches together, and he would come up and crash here while we were shooting matches at my local club. And uh, I was a guest on the show enough that when one of the original hosts or the original uh, guy who started the whole thing, Matt Dixon, uh, when he left the show, I was able to uh, slide into his spot. And then Matthew and I... And Andy did Reload Radio together up until uh, about nine weeks ago or something like that. You mean Mike Dixon? What did I say? You said Matt Dixon. Did I? 
I thought yeah, you said no, Mike. That's terrible. It's that Mike accent. Is. You guys can't yeah. even decipher your own accent. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's funny because he lives just, in Upper Canada, but he's from the Maritimes. Yes, I am. I am a blue nosed. No, I'm just. I'm just uh, listening to this Matt and Trevor love story. And I'm just. I'm sort of. I'm sort of drifting jealous. In and out. <laughs> he's getting jealous. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> have any friends like that, right? <laughs> no. No, not me. So what about you, Brian? Well, um, I grew up in an anti-gun household. No. Oh, yeah, completely. Uh, my dad uh, wouldn't let me play with toy guns, or he wouldn't. He didn't want to catch me playing with toy guns. He didn't want to catch you. <laughs> yeah. So, he didn't want yeah, to I, catch you playing with a gun. Yeah, so I had in- innovative ways to hide them and stuff, and just, oh, dad's home. Time to go put the guns away because he won't like that. So actually, it was through my wife. Uh, her dad was a hunter. And uh, and a shooter, and we I went out to visit her a few times, and and uh, started shooting clay birds at the cottage, kind of thing, just just some hand trap, um, and so I got him to get me introduced into the sport because it seemed interesting. Um, and then my mother in law did me a, a really big favor because because my wife at the the girl at the time who was to become my wife said, "Well, there's never going to be guns in my house." Oh, really? Oh, and I was just like, "Really? I'm just starting to like this. What's going on?" But my mother-in-law piped up and said, "Well, dear, you grew up in a house with guns. What's the big deal?" And she went, "Oh yeah, I guess I did." <laughs> oh <Nice>. yeah. <laughs> so it kind of went from there, and it became it just sort of became a hobby that I that I got into, and I started a job here in Ontario, and uh, one of the guys in the office was a hunter and a a senior member of a, a local club, and so through him, I got involved in getting my uh, safety course and getting my license and joining the club, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, and I started getting into shooting military surplus rifles, a little bit of shotgun here and there, and then uh, I discovered the local provincial rifle association, which um, got me introduced to competitive shooting. Um, with with rifles and and that sort of thing, a little bit of handgun, and it just kind of kept growing from there. And now it's, I'm in my own my own room in the house. When we bought our new house, I made sure that I got one room to myself to put all my guns and reloading equipment in and stuff. And it's it's all good. Man and cave. She, she hates my hobby because it just takes a lot of time, but she she understands. So, well, she should get involved with it. She's tried it. Um, it, it I don't know. She's. It's nice to have it's someone. It's a look give and take kind of thing, Brian. You got to do a little bit of what she likes. She'll do a little bit of what you like. I can't do yoga. No, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Hey, it's you know happening. they say yoga helps with your marksmanship. I've heard that, but I've. She's actually a yoga instructor now. In, I just made that the, up. Yoga yeah, helps with a lot. No, I've been told that. But I think I if think you, the, I think if you integrate the cert pistol into your yogi routines. <laughs> That's the key. Downward-facing you know dog what? with cert pistol. <laughs> Left hand, I would love to do that, except the Canadian gun laws suck so bad that we're not allowed to have a cert pistol. It's not because a gun. You can't have a cert pistol? It, listen, listen, this is how stupid this is. It's considered by the Canadian government to be a replica firearm, so I can't have it. You know Whatever what? We were, we were going to do a little U.S. versus Canada battle about like stuff. I think y'all just lost off that y'all law. Y'all lost alone. that one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, so you I, can't no, have toy guns there either? Uh, you can have two toy guns, but I can't have a cert pistol. What's well, they, the difference? It's Toy guns replicate. I don't have Duh. to understand Gentlemen. it. It's a gun law. <laughs> it doesn't right. have to make sense. That's true. Any gun law makes sense. Most of no them sense. don't. Yeah. No. And that's the one thing that's... Universal across the globe. Gun laws don't make sense. Were you finished with? I think I, yeah. I think. Do you I, want to talk about how you got involved with the radio or the podcast? 
He did. You did? Yeah. Canadian no. Service Conditions? No. Oh, that, was, that was that was Trevor that talked about that. Uh, no, that Trevor, was Brian. Trevor and uh, Andrew Craig said, stop writing the show, do your own freaking podcast. So <laughs> basically it, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I said, no, oh, okay. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor was Reload Radio. Brian was Canadian Service Conditions. Yeah. I know they all sound alike up there. I know, but he just... <laughs> Never mind. If you if you talked about it, then that's fine. As long as you did, you talk about it. Am I He didn't talk about it. See, but I just thank you. Oh, I thought Trevor you told, I thought Trevor you talked about Canadian service conditions. Podcast. No, so I'm doing my own podcast. Oh, <laughs> did it, seriously? You didn't see talk about what Canadian I deal service with, conditions radio? Well, he no. did, but he didn't talk about how he started it. Oh, but you didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah I thought so. It. I was like, wait a minute. I could have sworn he did. We didn't talk about how it got started. No, okay. Pay attention. How'd your podcast get started, Brian? Take, Trevor, take Trevor made me do it. <laughs> yeah, with, with some time. encouragement from from Trevor and uh, nice. Is yeah. that the new rape whistle? <laughs> yeah. Is that the new the newest tool logic comes with a harmonica? <laughs> nice. I yeah. I don't know how to send my phone to voicemail either. So <laughs> I don't think he knows how to turn it down either. <laughs> I did. I turned it like on below half. <laughs> below half. Yeah. Okay, oh, there. Yeah. There's a joke there. So, second question. So, you're saying Trevor's got a lot of influence in your life. Yeah. <laughs> but it, unfortunately, Not I really. did say that, so I can't really deny it. I can't redact that statement at this time. So, yes, you're right. Yes. <laughs> Far too much. All right. So, on to the second question. I've totally forgot what the second <laughs> so question was. Do you have any uh, military, and you oh, guys yeah. have kind of talked about that military background. Law enforcement, yeah. military? Me, no. Trevor, answer for yourself. Uh, no, not law enforcement, not uh, security, but um, not, not military or law enforcement. Anything where you were carrying a gun? Did you get to carry a gun in the security? No. Gotcha. So are you, were you a rent-a-cop? Pretty much. <laughs> Wait a minute. There was no laughter or were you, there. <laughs> or were you Chris O'Donnell's bodyguard? Oh, no. Were you a mall cop? <laughs> oh, I was a hospital cop. Uh, a I used to work with those guys. They're usually pretty cool. I would have, it would have been awesome if you were a mall cop. Can we just rewind, edit that in? You were a mall cop? <laughs> yeah, I'll refuse to say those. Trevor Furlot, <laughs> mall cop. Yeah. See, he, was, he was the inspiration for the movie. Paul Blart. Yeah. Paul Blart. Yeah, awesome. Much like. Third question. In pop culture, whether it's music, movies, video games, books, TV shows, what is your go-to? What's your favorite? Clint Eastwood, Spaghetti Westerns. Nice. nice. Yeah. Can't go wrong with those. Yeah, and John Wayne Week has been on AMC all this week, so I've been getting my John Wayne fix on. I saw your posting on that. <laughs> I just let oh. make sure everybody knew. I could tell you were excited about that. Yeah. Okay, you, you mentioned John Wayne. Can I tell you what I think the difference between John Wayne movies and, and Clint Eastwood movies are? Sure. Yes, no. you may. The, the good guys in a Clint Eastwood movie are worse than the bad guys in a John <laughs> yeah, Wayne movie. That's right. <laughs> that's true. It, yeah. They're, they're just as bad, aren't they? Just well, as seedy. Bad. Yep. Yeah, it's, there's not really good guys in the old Clint Eastwood movies. There's just guys who are a lot less bad, but they're yep. not really good. Other yeah. than that, huge uh, Walking Dead fan. Awesome. Sweet. And uh, I think if that movie, if that TV series has taught us anything, it's that the Walking Dead need to be feared less than the living. Mm, <laughs> That's yeah. true. You know, there's another series I just got into. Actually, a, a listener told me about it, and my wife and I went and got the, the Blu-rays for it. Have you all seen Falling Skies at all? No. It's kind of like the, well, it's not kind of like, it's almost identical to The Walking Dead, but with aliens instead. Mm. So, like, aliens invade. It's 
post-apocalyptic and everybody's just kind of using whatever guns they can find and they're pretty uh they're pretty accurate with the gun stuff i mean there's a couple times where they make these alien loads for guns but those are weird but you know there was even an episode called mullen Labe. i was like that's oh, wow. pretty cool yeah Oh, and get it. It's got uh, Noah Wiley's the main character. You remember the young guy from ER that was kind of tall? Is this a new show? Yeah. Well, it's, this is, they just started the third season. Dude, I never watched ER. You would love it. It's, it's you good. know you were a Clooney Not fan, ER, dude. Falling Skies. Wasn't Clooney on ER? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where he got his start. No, actually, I take that back. He got his start on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. He got his start on Laverne and Shirley. No, really? That Jay, no, that was Jay Leno. Never <laughs> okay. I was going to say, they I, the was, same eyebrows. I thought it was that, Attack yeah. of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley. He's not yeah, that I was, old. I just confused Jay Leno with uh, George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not editing that out. <laughs> That's staying. I'm just editing the <laughs> out. <laughs> All. <laughs> all right so walking dead john wayne and clint eastwood yeah and all and uh, of course great mixture you know apocalypse now platoon all the um and full metal jacket god god uh full metal jacket Gunny. watch that once a week oh yeah yep awesome yeah and and i'm gonna put my nerd on a little bit i'm a, a big fan of firefly too me too actually <laughs> See y'all would y'all would like Falling Skies. Y'all got to check it out. If you I like Walking Dead song. and you like like space stuff, you would like it. And Battlestar Galactica, the new one. Oh come on! Yeah, I never watched that. it. I've heard they were good. It's pretty. It good. Is good. It's good gun stuff too. Cool. I just can't I get over the fact that Starbucks a chick though. Starbucks yeah. a chick in the new Battlestar Galactica. Yep. She's no, pretty cool will. though. It's got to be yeah. Face from A Team. Yeah. Well, come on. She's pretty no. cool. She does. She does a better job. Okay. Is, now is that the uh, actress who lost all the Twitter? Twitter followers. Yep. Oh, with the gun comment. Yeah. Who? Same one. She yeah, she made a, it was a pro gun comment, right? Yeah, it was. It, something it was actually it was a pro gun safety comment. Right. Like everybody needs to train more or something like that. Or no, everyone needs to practice gun safety. And then all her anti gun followers said, like, "Oh my Trump, god, you Starbucks didn't say that." It was like three hundred thousand or something like that, right? And she lost half of them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I almost. Thought I'd finally get a Twitter account just so I could follow her because I thought she was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. well, no, we need to not. be supporting people like that, though. Yep, interesting. And then the fourth question, Unless the new question: Do you have a gun in your arsenal? That there's a little bitty part of you that's kind of embarrassed to own it. You know, what you sound like when you ask that question. What's that? No, I you remember the dating context. game, Chuck <laughs> Woolery? Do you have a part of you that when is making, a little embarrassed when making whoopee to your partner? <laughs> Well, actually, no. I sold all my Keltex, but I, I am looking at a 1911 chambered in 22 cal. That's a lot embarrassing. It's got two strikes going for it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. You did, <laughs> thought you already had one, Trevor? Did you say you were embarrassed about your Keltex? No, yeah. Well, I sold them all. Why? Why? You'll find out soon enough. You you have two of them, at least two of them. Yeah, I have at least two. They, more they're junk. more on the way. Hey. I'm Boys, smart. they're 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 junk. They wear out. I've had the KSG, I've had the SU sixteen, and I've had a sub two thousand. But and they're all poorly made. You know, but look quality. at the price point. Price point, yeah. You I mean, get, you yeah, get well, you're getting here. what you pay for, but at the same time, so what happened? It's with a your lot KSG? higher quality than anything else in that price point. What happened? To, what happened to your KSG? Well, I just because both of us have been looking at. I remember on. our uh, email conversations about your KSG. It uh, it wasn't suitable for what I bought it for. I thought it would make a good IPSC gun. Turns out it's actually illegal in IPSC. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sounds like your fault, not Keltec's right. fault. That's right. But then <laughs> I still could have kept it. But it's uh, 
it's there, there's just too much plastic wrapped around that metal, and uh, you know they, they what's their word for their plastic? Zytel, I think they're calling their plastic. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pieces of the uh, not on mine, but pieces of the um, Picatinny rail underneath the pump are breaking off when people put anything on them. Uh, I stripped it apart and again. It just it was a thousand bucks up here at the time, and a thousand dollars could get you more shotgun than what you got for that. Was my opinion, and I think it's going to wear out as well. Um, the guy I sold it to was reporting that it it locked up on him so bad once he had to disassemble it to clear it. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah, so it's We've better than that Turkish UTS thing that's out there, but mm-hmm. it's not worth a thousand bucks. Maybe they so. just send you guys the crappy ones. <laughs> uh, now that being said, I shot an RFB and handled an RFB, and it's almost like the RFB is made by somebody else. It doesn't seem like the same fit, finish, and quality as the other Keltec products. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, my sub two thousand when um, I locked the bolt back one day and the feed ramp fell out. Uh, thinking, all right, that, that's it. I'm done. Did you, you know report this to Caltech? No, I, I reported it to the Canadian Caltech distributor, and they were quick to send out new parts. But they're they're, they're, uh, they're cheap firearms. That's all. You're right. They're priced cheap too. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Up here, they're overpriced. Well, knock on you. wood. So far, so good with mine. I've not had any. Uh, How many any rounds problems? you got through them? Oh, I've probably got. Uh, we put a couple hundred in them that yeah, one day. I was the, say, I've probably got close to a thousand. Yeah, I was well up over a thousand in my sub two thousand when I started to find the slop and the play and the and the wear in it. Okay, I, I'm I'm picturing. To look a, forward to. I'm picturing yeah. a new YouTube video. We just need to go to town on it one day, see what starts happening to it. <clears throat> yeah, we will. I'll, I'll put now, it through a torture now, test. I don't care. The one, I'm, the one that in my collection that I'm a little bit embarrassed of. That's my. Uh, German Sport Guns GSG 1911. Mm. 22. 22. Yeah, it's, 22. it's 22 and it's 1911, so it's like double. <laughs> I bet it has like zero recoil. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a hoot to shoot. It's actually a, a hoot to shoot. I got a new phrase. <laughs> is that going to trump kettle of fish? <laughs> it is a different kettle of fish. No a hoot to shoot. It's a boot, a hoot to shoot. Hey. <laughs> All right, listeners, I want to let you know that we're not being total jerkwads because before we started recording, they were giving us a hard time about deliverance and our oh, southern I'm, accents. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there's more to come. So, Brian, what are you, what are you ashamed on? You know, I don't I don't have anything that I'm ashamed on. I yeah, anything that I didn't want, I've traded off or sold. So, yeah, no. I you mean, never had a gun that you're like, "Oh gosh, I hope never no I don't really want to tell this. anybody I I've got this. You know, uh, no, I've done some stuff. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to my guns, but no, I'm not. I've never. I've, I've hey, there's never another gun. I was ashamed. Okay, of. we'll count that. What'd you do to, that? You're embarrassed. You did to your gun? Oh no, I'm not saying it. <laughs> Come Is on. it that embarrassing? Oh, it's bad. <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> Tell you what, if you have um, a bunch of uh, a squib loads and you lodge a bunch of bullets in the barrel of your really nice revolver, <laughs> be patient and. Pay a gunsmith a small amount of money to fix it. Don't be impatient and use power tools. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I screwed up something right good. So you rethreaded the barrel? <laughs> I, I modified the rifling, yes. There you go, yeah, the rifling. Yeah, not good. Funny. Uh, uh, the rookie mistake. It was early, early on in your career. It's before we met know, you, right, I, Trevor? Yep. But it was a 686. Oh, it's harsh. Anyway, time heals. 
Time heals all wounds. What's the latest on your want list? What's the mm. what's the number one on your want list right now? I'm stuck somewhere between a kind of sporty tactical 308 rifle like the XCR or the um, Remington 700 tactical mm-hmm. or a Tika T3 um, tactical, something like that. I've got a 308 now, but it's not lightweight. So I really, you know, sure you want to go bolt? Yeah, I definitely want a bolt action hunting rifle that still has kind of a badass black kind of look to it. Remington 700. I just got yeah. a seven millimeter rim mag. Love that thing. Yeah. Or go, the Glock go Savage. Just, just go Savage. Be done. Yeah. Could go Savage too. Model 11. Did you savage just say a Glock? Glock 34. So we said. Yeah. It's not a rifle. Building right now. <laughs> a what? No, you said you said no. I just said the next list. on the roof. Oh, it gotcha. didn't have to be a rifle. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brian? What I've been actually hankering for, and Trevor's going to want to throw up in his mouth about this. Uh, <laughs> I I really want to get a uh, uh, an Enfield or Webley revolver. Oh, for the love of Pete! Yeah, Is that y'all's god in Canada, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was. It would have been issued to um, to British or or. or Canadian troops in, in either of the two world wars. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of like, just want to get a little piece of Canadian history in my hands, that kind of thing. So can't fault you for that. Yeah. <laughs> no one asked you, Trevor, you don't have to, you don't have to want it. You don't even have to shoot it. Trevor, hey, this is Brian's dream. Don't tread on it, bro. <laughs> uh, it's, he's treading on it himself. Tre- I mean. Trevor, are you a gun snob? Well, I tell you, I got no use for guns that have no use. Uh, <laughs> Trevor is it doesn't have any appreciation for mil- military surplus firearms. Would yep. that be fair, Trevor? That would be fair, except for maybe um, an M14, possibly. What about the you Garands? Know? Yeah. Uh, Not so much? Uh, now, be a nice 308 for you. Going back to embarrassment, I'm embarrassed that I sold my Garand. I should have kept that. Yeah. I'm embarrassed I sold my Colt Python. What are you going to do? We you sold a Colt Python? Oh, dude, that, that is embarrassing. See, that's on my one. Especially list. a Walking Dead fan. It was a 8-inch bright nickel. Oh. It was rated by a, a, a verifier at about 97%. Oh, you hoser. I bought it for 400 bucks from a widow. Oh. oh. But I got over 1100 for it and a gun. Still. I yeah, know. I can't fault you for that. Oh. Uh. The rate of return was amazing. Yep. Yeah, I got Dang. that in GSG 1911. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. You got the 22? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, okay, I now he falls you a little you. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retract that statement. Hey, and $1,130. <laughs> okay. And 30 How did you come up with 30 it Actually, I get questioned about this number. I don't know how we came up with it, but the number was 1136 <laughs> Okay. $1,136 is what I got paid. With you, the- sir, are a barter. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> You're a man after my own heart. So how about a little U.S. versus Canada stuff here? All right, we beat you once. You want us to beat you again? That's fine. Wait, well, what would you beat us at? Hockey? <laughs> we, burned, we burned your White House to the ground, but whatever. I mean, I was keeping- <laughs> burned the- your White House. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Trevor, we have a bigger White that House. That was because they burned our parliament buildings down first, so... Ooh, never seen so we got you first. It. No, we forgot that part, didn't we? Boom. Yeah. We'll let well, you we them relocated to, to the coldest city on the on the planet and decided that should be our capital. Wasn't really us so much as it was the British, but whatever. Well, yeah. I will say 
dollar and quarter and dime and nickel sounds better than loony and toony. Well, I don't know. I'm going to argue we that. We have point. all those too, though, eh? Yeah, it's a nickname. <laughs> it's not official. There's a there's a loon on it, so people call it the loony. Oh, it's just a nickname? Yeah. Well, oh, I always thought that was really what they were called. No, dude, there's an uh, image of a loon on it, so they called it the loony. Now, the toony makes no Dang sense. <laughs> Patoony. So, the the toony, is that a real name? It's a $2 coin. <laughs> And it has a uh, polar bear on it. Two polar bears, right, Brian? That's right. Uh, a mom and her cub. Right. So um, apparently somehow that got called the Toonie. Anyway, it's ridiculous, and our money looks like Monopoly money. But now we're making it out of plastic like the Australians do. Last forever. You can crunkle it up. Great for the environment, too, like making plastic, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, the notes <laughs> last a lot longer. Make less. The, the beauty thing, though, Trevor, is we can pass off Canadian tire money as real money to Americans, and they don't know the difference. I thought we only got away with that in Jamaica. Oh, no. No, I've ended up a with a few of... Canadian quarters and been pissed once I saw them. <laughs> you know. I got some Uncle's Canadian man. money in Jamaica. What's that? When I was in Jamaica, yep. and I, I bought some stuff, they gave me mixed currency, and some of it was Canadian. <laughs> they're, they're just trying to get rid of it. Now, I, I, hope, I hope none of it had uh, Uncle Sandy on it, Sandy McIntyre. Nah, I don't know. For, I got rid of it. For the most part, we've got better gun laws. Depending on the state. That's why I said for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go with Tennessee. Well, much better gun laws. Bam. Oh, yeah. There you go. Now, what are, what are y'all like compared to Chicago? Or is it better? Oh, no, we're better than Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Right. We can actually have guns. The one, the one thing that um, we'll always get beat on hands down is just bad acidness. Well... <laughs> No, there's two things that are always going to uh, trump us up here in Canada. What's that? Uh, well, we have the restricted class and the prohibited class. You guys don't. A gun is a gun is a gun, except unless it's uh, fully automatic. And many states have concealed carry or open carry. And uh, although it's on the books, it uh, it doesn't happen. It neither concealed or open? Well, yeah. I don't want to spoil my fact fight the myth, so we'll come okay. back to that. Okay, right, we'll come but to that one. All right. We don't yeah, have sure. things like tax stamps. Um, we'll, of course, we'll never get a suppressor, but short-barreled rifles, I mean, whether your AR has a 10-inch barrel or a 7.5-inch barrel or a 24-inch barrel, you're still allowed to have it. The only problem is it's a restricted firearm, which means it's restricted to a gun range. You can only take it from your house to the range. I can take my Robinson Armament XCR on a lobster boat and shoot a seal in the face with it, but I can't take my AR-15 anywhere but the range. <laughs> Make sense? No. no. <laughs> in fact, you lost me halfway through it. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying, but that makes no sense. Right. So what did they have, say earlier about gun laws? They, make yeah, no they, they don't have to make sense. Exactly. Yeah, you guys have to pay a tax stamp if you want your AR to have a barrel shorter than 16 or 16 and a half inches. Right. We don't. We can have any size barrel on any AR or any shotgun we want, but some of those shotguns and all of those ARs are restricted to a gun range. We can't go hunting with our ARs, but we can go hunting with um, the XCR, or for now, the Swiss Arms, or... Um, or, the, or Tavor. Or Tavor, yeah. Tavor is completely non-restricted. We can do whatever we want with it. You don't what? need any. Yeah. <laughs> so what about that, full auto? That you guys, you guys... Uh, don't have that we have to contend with is, of course, the, uh, the registry. The long gun portion of the registry, or sorry, the non-restricted portion of the registry, so guns that are considered by the government to be non-restricted, in other words, you can hunt with them, they're no longer required to be registered. You still need a license to buy them, 
But once you buy them, there's no record of them, and you can hunt with them. We still have a regist- uh, registration for our restricted and prohibited firearms. So restricted firearms are all handguns that have a barrel longer than 4.2 inches and certain rifles like AR-15s. So your python would have been in that? A, res- a restricted handgun, which means it would have been <laughs> range only. the range only. That is weird. What, what's weirder? There's certain rifles that are considered prohibited, um, basically by name. They're, they don't meet any technical standards. They just are prohibited. So the FNFAL is prohibited. Uh, an AK variant of any kind is prohibited. Uh, a Thompson, even even rifles that were full auto at one point and converted to semi-automatic are pro- are prohibited. They can't be shot anywhere in Canada. But a prohibited handgun, well, that's fine to take to the range if you have a license for a prohibited firearm. Mm-hmm. So it, another level of this makes no sense. Yeah, absolutely. So Now, another uh, silly thing. I got a Glock 22 in my hand, but I'll never be allowed to own a Glock 23. What? Because it's the barrel? Yep, yep, the barrel is shorter than 4.2 inches, so it falls into the prohibited <laughs> class. Now, gotcha. there are Canadians that are allowed to have prohibited handguns. They can buy them, sell them, and take them to the range, just like I can take my restricted handguns to the range. I didn't own any of those... For, of those um, handguns a handgun with a barrel shorter than 4.2 inches back when the law changed so i didn't get grandfathered in if i had had one before the law changed i'd be grandfathered in and uh, i'd be allowed to buy sell and compete with them or take them to the range so So some of us can have them and some of us can't so when you came down and did the mag 40 class were you just like in gun overload like you just couldn't believe everything you got to do and see and no because i mean Pretty much everything I saw there, we can have. There's not a lot up here that you guys have that we can't get, um, but some of what we can get has restrictions on it. So your rifle barrels have to be 18 inches? 18 and a half to be considered non-restricted. So In a, in a semi-automatic. In a semi-automatic, okay. yeah. Uh, if it's not a semi-automatic, then they look at the overall length of the firearm. So I can have a shotgun with a 14 and a half inch barrel and take it, take it hunting. It doesn't matter. Because the overall length of the firearm, as long as it's more than, Brian, what, 26 and a half? 26 inches, I think, yeah. 600 millimeters, I think, is the actual number. Our beer is better. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, wrong. Next question. Our beer is Our whiskey's better. better. Hey, Our buddy. whiskey is better. Hey, hey, what, what, whoa, slow <laughs> down. What yes. are you talking about? Yes, yes. You know what they say about American beer? Up there? No. It's good? Anywhere. You okay. know what they say about American beer? I'm waiting. Like having sex in a canoe. <laughs> Close to water. Oh, <laughs> close to water. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to keep that in. I'll just have to figure out a bleep to make it right. people know we'll what just it is. Bleep, yeah, bleep that in. <laughs> yeah, 660 fine. millimeters, Brian. There you go. 660 so, millimeters. That's the overall that's, length for a firearm before it's considered non-restricted. Oh, that's right. Y'all are on the uh, metric system. Yeah, Which so I will give you this, and a lot of people that are going to hear this are going to go, what? That's the Being in the medical field as long as I was, the metric system makes more sense. Does. It's simpler. Much. Like I remember failing all like the conversion charts in junior high math. And then once I learned the metric system, I was like, it's hundreds, it's thousands, it's millions. It's easy. You just add zeros. And I'm like, what's what the zero? who yeah. came up with our system? <laughs> Zeke, you guys use the metric system when it comes to something that's really important. Money. <laughs> money. When it comes NASA. to money, you guys use the metric system. And medicine. Yeah. Medicine. NASA. Medicine. NASA. Yeah. 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 
Oh. Military in a lot of ways. Yeah. Very true. So, I think calibers for the most part. Well, not calibers, but millimeters and yeah, whatever. Yeah. So something uh, coming back to the U.S. versus Canada. Something else that we don't have uh-huh. is FFL transfers. If I want to walk into, if I want to order a gun right now on the internet, whether it be a handgun, an AR, or a, a hunting rifle, bolt action, I just give them my license number, my credit card number, and they will deliver it to my post office or my door. Oh if wow. Ryan, if I want Brian to mail me his pistol right now, right, he'll just make one call to the CFO's office, transfer it to my name, and mail it to me. That's one so up on us in the, uh, in the firearms category. When you when you mail firearms, is there a tax or something like that? You got to nope. pay additional. Nope. nope. Just like you, the just only thing, it. just like shipping a hat to somebody. Yep. Well, it, it's easier it. than shipping a hat, apparently. Which apparently, I thought it was going to be more expensive. It was pretty darn cheap. It was only like nine bucks to ship it to Canada. Well, you know, it all depends on the price of feed for the dogs on the dog sled when they get to the border. Okay, some years cost more than others. Yeah, I'm um, looking up some stats. All weather dependent. I'm looking up some stats on Canada versus United States. We definitely have you beat on the obesity category easily. Yeah, I think we got we, have- we got thirty three point eight percent. Y'all have got a measly twenty four percent. Y'all aren't yeah. even. Yeah, but close. we've got American bacon and they've got Canadian bacon. <laughs> That's true. American bacon. No, but they've better. got. And I may say this wrong and sound perverted. Is it poutine? Poutine. Poutine. Yeah. Poutine. Yeah. Fries and gravy. You can get that on a pizza now up here. Oh, what, what? kind of gravy? Yeah, a poutine pizza. Like white Disgusting. gravy? Oh, I hate white gravy. Yeah. It'll, Forget it'll about you. it. Eat enough of it, it'll kill you. And this has made its way down to the to the south now. When I used to have to go to Canada for work, everybody loved ketchup chips. I'm like, what the heck is ketchup chips? And they're pretty good, and I've seen them in the stores now down here. It's putting Personally ketchup on your fan. chips? No, it's like chips yeah, that are flavored like ketchup. <laughs> like, what in the world? We had the... Did you guys used to have like chicken, like fried chicken flavored chips and hot dog flavored chips and stuff like we that? We've started oh, getting still that, yeah. all kinds of crazy hey, flavored chips. I remember that when I was a kid, but I don't really go to the to the local corner store and buy bags of chips anymore. So you know, I love the kettle cooked jalapenos chips. Oh yeah, mm. Miss Vicky's. That's our brand up here. Yeah. Okay, here, here's some stats I don't get. Y'all smoke us in math performance. You beat us by a little bit in science performance. You beat us by a little bit in reading. But we graduate almost 10% more people through college than you guys do. Ones that we do graduate actually deserve to graduate, you see. <laughs> That's why your your educated unemployment rate is higher than ours? Exactly. Oh. Is, that, is that why? Yeah. The other thing we can do with guns that some states certainly cannot do, you can walk into a gun shop flash your license and walk out with a gun of any kind on the spot yeah whatever it is you can take it home that day any kind that's uh, legal any kind that's minute, legal wait. in your country go ahead brian wait a minute though but if if you're buying a restricted firearm that may not be the case well it is here well not in ontario it's not well the law says it is but your cfo is slow yes legally yeah, right, it's not an option legally it's not a it's not a problem we are legally allowed to walk in and walk out but right. the provincial cfo's office in one province may be slower than the other but legally, we can, can we can away. do that here too yeah yeah you just you walk have... in they do they do the uh you know they run the background check and then you can walk out with it that that same day within minutes so i explain. think i think there's some states that have like a mandatory three-day waiting period right there yeah. there are yeah there are some but for the most part uh, uh, okay and i'm Left going hand. by tennessee we'll walk in we buy it we walk out now 
Let's talk about that that background check for a second. When sure. we become a gun a licensed gun owner in Canada, or when we get a gun license, we either take a course or write a test, and they give us a license. Now, to get that license, we have to fill an application that proves that we're not a felon. Okay. okay? Sounding the same here. All right. Now, well, that's for your CCW. We need a license to buy a gun. Remember, you don't need a license to buy a gun. You need a license to carry a gun. True. Okay. Now, once we have that license, uh, our names are checked all the time to see if we've committed a crime. And if we have, then they'll come take our guns away. Or if they don't even, or if that doesn't happen, if they don't catch it that way, if I commit a crime, if I, if I go slap my, my wife around tonight, there's a very good chance I'm going to have my guns taken away for a short period of time, maybe forever, depending Just... on what province I'm in. So um, when I go buy a gun, they don't do a background check on me because my license is my background check. All they do is call the CFO's office if it's a restricted firearm mm-hmm. and say, okay, we got to transfer to this guy, and they say, okay, done. If it's a deer rifle, I just show them my license and I walk out. No okay. background check required. What was the deal with the universal background check? What would that have actually meant for American citizens? What everybody was worried about is it would end up turning into a registration, which basically uh, that's what they were creating. Gotcha. Is yeah, if it was a universal background check. See, right now, as they do background checks at FFLs, they just take that check and they store it. See, that, and, and they don't. The government doesn't have immediate access to it. Exactly like you're saying right now with your license. Our background check. Every time you buy a gun, that's them checking to see if you've done any felonies or anything. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, uh, that's actually that's actually more effective than our system. Right. Because right. if I lose my gun license, they don't actually seize the little plastic card with my picture on it. They just they just null and void it uh, in the office. So if I meet Brian in a parking lot of a Walmart and I say, I want to buy your, your shotgun, he says, well, let me see your license. I show it to him. He could do some due diligence and call my number in to see if it's fully current. But, but he does he? not actually <laughs> required by law to do that. He just needs right. to see the license. So I could be carrying an expired license, and he wouldn't know unless he took the trouble to call it in. Because I am a law-abiding citizen, I am going to call it in, especially for you, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know that urine samples and Canadian beer have in common? Oh, they this both have alcohol hurt. in them. The taste. Oh, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't oh. know. I wouldn't know. Ouch. I found another. Hey, Trevor, you're from Nova Scotia, right? No, or, New Brunswick. He's from Nova Scotia. Oh, okay, yeah. then Brian will like this better. Uh, did you hear about the war between Newfoundland and Nova Scotia? Well, yes, I have heard this one, but tell it. The Newfies were lobbing hand grenades at Nova Scotia, and the Nova Scotians were pulling the pins and throwing them back. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that joke. (laughs) Love it. That's a classic one up here. Yeah. Yeah. And we do pick on the Newfoundlanders, but, you know, really, they're they're awesome people. They're great. They are the friendliest of us, I think. And And they they have the best accent. I've got another statistic for you. They have more sex than anybody else in Canada, which explains why they're so friendly, right? They're just trying to get on you. <laughs> yeah, just trying to get with you. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot to do in Newfoundland, so hence. Exactly. Got to stay warm. Well. There you go. Yep. Works for me. Now, y'all, wait a minute. I just looked this up, and I was going to be proud and brag about it, but I think I was wrong. Is it a Canadian military guy that has the longest sniper shot? It was. It was for a while. It was well, wait, did we get it back? It was Rob Furlong. Now, right. he was, it's, it went, that record fell, what, two years ago, Brian? Something like that. I think, what is it, a British guy now? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. The, the Americans still don't have it. That coming. But it's all right. We'll get it back. No Rob way. did it with American ammo. We're just waiting to get we a little got, further. We, we got part of it. 
He said he did we'll it with American ammo. Just wait a little further out. Give us a challenge to to beat. You know? Exactly. Yeah, he used American ammo that he heated up in the sun to to make work. To, well, no, <laughs> what? To, to actually try and gain some some pressure and some velocity. I, I I watched an interview with him. Yeah. Yep. So this guy is now teaching sniper training to civilians here in Canada. Really? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say sniper training. I think he's doing Sorry, uh, precision shooting. precision <laughs> shooting training. Yeah. Right, that's it. Sorry, I, I forgot I wasn't being very PC there. Well, because <laughs> we're all about being PC exactly. on this show. <laughs> that's what he's the, doing. <laughs> the whole idea of somebody who who has a precision rifle with a scope on it being a sniper—it's not not the case. They're 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 a rifleman. Being a sniper is a completely different kettle of fish. And, uh, <laughs> nice. And, and I've I've read enough books about being a sniper, and I do not have what it takes to do that. We're going to find out hopefully soon enough whether we do. We've got a uh, class coming up. Yeah, October. But that's going to be a shooting class, right? Yeah, sniper sniper snooting? Sniper (laughs) Sniper shooting class. Sniper toony tunes. Yeah, Yeah. again, that's not being a sniper. It's shooting like a sniper. It's not being a sniper. It's all the the, the dirty, nasty stuff. Read books about Carlos Hathcock and what he had to do. That's that's he the rooster? Wasn't that his... The rooster? No, white feather. It's close. Rooster, white feather. No, his feathers. I thought that was the guy that the rooster songs about. That uh, may have been. <clears throat> I don't know. I think that was Carlos. Yeah. Could be. So who won the war between? Your beer, your beer sucks, and some of our gun laws are better. So we'll call it a tie. No. Fourth of July <laughs> is coming up next week. We, Whose gun laws we're, are we're better? Fired up. Said some of ours are better. And uh, no, I think the majority overall, of ours. no, the majority of ours are. I mean, if you if you take our we, pro Trevor gun said states, some. Trevor didn't say the majority. He said hey, some. A question for you: <laughs> Where we're sitting right now in the state and town we're living in, if we wanted to and paid the tax stamp, we could go have a minigun. Can you do that? And paid the tax stamp. Yeah. So Can what's you wrong do with that? that? What's wrong with paying Can a tax stamp? You. <laughs> Help me out here, Brian. <laughs> Plus, I'm we can sorry, we can put a we can put a suppressor on it too. So, uh, yeah, I'm we sorry, can suppress no, the minigun if that's possible. It. I, I don't think that is possible. Actually, oh, I just oh, thought of a million dollar AAC idea. Can get it done. If they put a suppressor on, what was that gun he on had suppressed? Barrel. Oh, that um, that chain was it a saw? Belt fed oh, squirrel, eh, Brian? Yeah, huh? It's almost like I'm listening to Slamfire Radio. Almost squirrel. <laughs> the ADD is coming out. It's time for facts to fight the so and you guys are our guests. Go for it. Okay, this this is a myth that I have heard uh, from some Americans. There is a myth that, that Canadians don't like guns, and that is just wrong. There are – how many license holders in Canada right now, Trevor, to the best of your knowledge? I think 1.9 million or something. Yeah, out of 33 or 34 million that's Almost. the number of license holders. No, no, out of out of the entire country, out of a population of thirty four million, roughly, yep. approximately two million hold firearms licenses, and hmm. there's probably another a half a million guns out there that are being held by old timers who just never bothered to get a license. And there's a lot of a lot, is that lot legal though? Are they legally and, holding those weapons? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, in Canada, if you don't have a gun license, it's a crime to hold a gun in your possession. Yep. Whether I mean, it's in your gun. domicile or in public or anywhere, right? You cannot own a-, a gun without a gun license. Gotcha. Actually, the the way the law reads in Canada, it is illegal, period, to own a firearm. But you get a firearms license and you get a basically a stay of that. Of that. You get a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah, that's where our laws are better, too, because um, – 
you don't you don't have to have a license or a carry permit to own a gun. Exactly. Yep. Here in the United States. Yeah, I can't I can't lend my neighbor a gun to shoot a groundhog in his backyard unless I'm there with him under his, under and he's under my direct supervision. Wow. That, but that's because your your neighbor doesn't have a firearms license. That's right. If you don't have a firearms license, you cannot be in possession of a gun. That being said, yeah, we are a gun loving country uh always have been they've tried to beat it out of us for a while they made it they made it they made guns a dirty word they made it politically unacceptable to be a gun owner back in the mid 90s they really made guns a dirty word in canada you guys you didn't back down like the brits did that's right we pushed back so hard that we actually had the long gun registry killed that's right and right as of now, as of today, it's our understanding it's actually killed right across the country. The lone holdout province uh, lost their bid to retain the long gun registry information. And they have since launched an appeal. Yes. Well, that's what they're going to do. But Yeah. But so, so when the long gun registry fell, the province that was probably most responsible for its creation in the first place launched a lawsuit against the federal government for a stay. In other words, making it impossible for them to destroy the data for that province. And they won that stay. So when the federal government went through and it came time to destroy all the data, they had to separate all the Quebec data and maintain it until the court challenge was heard. So the challenge was heard in court and they lost. But now they still won't be able to destroy the data because they're appealing, but they won't win that appeal. Because it's going to go to the federal Supreme Court of Canada, and it's the federal government who killed this thing in the first place. So what's your fact to fight the myth, Trevor? Uh, Canadians cannot carry concealed. In fact, we have uh, in Canada, it's not called CCW, it's called ATC, and that stands for Authorization to Carry. It does exist. We are a may-issue country, not a shell-issue country. There's um, ATC-3. So a Type 3 ATC, which is nearly impossible to attain, uh, is a concealed carry permit. And those are handed out by the individual province's chief firearms officers. So every province has a chief firearms office, and the chief firearms officer oversees the um, implementation of the Federal Firearms Act, which is the law that governs the ownership and use of firearms across the country. Uh, The other type is ATC-2, and ATC-2 is a wilderness protection open carry. And so these are given out a heck of a lot more than ATC-3, and people that would qualify for these would be people that would be working in the high north where they're um, working in, let's say, the seismic industry, and their hands are full, and they're working around... Uh, grizzly bears, um, mountain lions, they're uh, far from civilization and carrying a firearm is the only logical um, means of protection for them because slinging a rifle or a shotgun all day is just not practical with the type of work that they do. Um, We've had a listener write in our show to tell us that he has one. Uh, He does work in that uh, industry and he does do... uh, he does uh, carry a Glock 20 in 10 millimeter, actually. So, um, in Brian's province, actually, it has a population. Uh, hmm, how many people 13, in? 13, 13 million, million, I think. Yeah. 13 million. There are 13 ATC 3s actively issued right now, according to these statistics. And are two of those on this end of the mic? No. Sadly, no. <laughs> um, 
Now, now, Trevor, you talked about ACT, ACT three ATC. and two. ATC. Um, ATC. Thank you. I yeah, I can't speak anymore. Um, it's at Jack Daniels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee whiskey. Hey, it'll have that effect on you. Um, there's also another uh, form of ATC that you can get if you are a trapper. So if you are checking your trap lines, um, you are allowed to get a permit to carry a 22 caliber handgun for dispatching game that's caught in the trap but not dead yet. How lame is that? Mm. That's pretty lame. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's pretty weak. And so there's I- another trapper's license as well that lets you carry a, a firearm during different times of the year where generally you wouldn't be able to unless you had a hunting license. And anyway, yes. so. Part and and trappers are really important to you guys because y'all all wear furs and live in igloos, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, fur trade industry up here is as strong as ever, along with walrus blubber oil. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Actually, the, uh, Trevor, I don't think you can actually say that. The fur trade up here used to be actually really, really important. Anyway. <laughs> You see, Brian, I mean, that's what we call a joke. Well, well still. But you got to remember. I, meant, I was trying to figure out where the joke ended and somebody got serious. I was like, what's but, going but, on here? you got to remember, I live in Ontario. At, at one time, I think most of this province was owned by a private British company. That's right. For fur trading. So, yep. Wow. Yep. It's, yeah, it's weird. We have a very different history than the Americans. Very different. We, Indeed. We, we became a country. We, we gained of, our independence by asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we were a teenager. We finally said, "Mom, Dad, we're leaving the house." See, yeah. now there's less badass points for Canada. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, don't do dumb things in dumb places with dumb people, right? We avoided the conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so, left hand, what's your fact to fight the myth? I'm going to go uh, a little curveball here, and I'm going to do a knife myth. Okay, you ready for this? I'm 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 <laughs> patiently waiting because I'm not. <laughs> you could pull a gun. And shoot a knife attacker before he can kill you if he's at least twenty feet away. Do you believe that? No. Nope. I've been. I've seen how quick you can get across a room with a knife. That's right. Action is faster than reaction. Exactly. And if you're holstered, and you've got a draw, or you've got it concealed, and you've got to pull your clothes up and away and do all that, I mean, he's probably closed the distance more than halfway by that point, and then trying to get a you know a headshot, or if he's got a bulletproof vest on and you do happen to get a shot off, he's still going to come at you and, and get you in the throat and kill you. Yep, now, now, conver- yeah. now, conversely, if, if someone draws a gun on you from 20 feet away and you have to pull your pocket knife out of your pocket and charge at him, you're probably done. Yeah. You're probably not going to no. make it. Unless you got a vest on. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And he's not, he's not a trained headshot. Even with a vest on, I don't want to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things that, that annoyed me about uh, Bob Costas uh, after the Colorado uh, movie theater shooting. And, and he was saying, oh, yeah, people said if they, they'd have had a gun, they'd been able to shoot the guy and, and oh, stop yeah. it. He was, wearing, he was wearing a body armor. Yeah. So? so you shoot a guy with body armor, he oh, stops absolutely. what he's doing to assess the situation. It freaking if, if he can even do that, sometimes yeah. you get hit with body armor and you're out. You're knocked out. That, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. But you know, it's it's Bob Costas. So hey, you he's, know, let he's him do a good sports. sportscaster. Yeah. He doesn't Costas necessarily know about the stuff he's talking about there. So Gabby, now what's your fact to fight the myth this week? Okay, well, the myth is that most people, when they're aiming and they're shooting, they're waiting for the gun to stop moving. They expect in the perfect moment to for the gun to just not, doesn't move for them to make a perfect shot. Right. 
But reality is that the, the fire will never stop moving. And one, <laughs> yeah, and one fact is that you have a heart. <laughs> Your heart won't stop pumping blood. And that well, that could be debatable zombies. on some people, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> zombies? <laughs> zombies, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was thinking about some people in our current administration, but no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, next time you go to the range, don't try the gun to stop more or better yet, learn to shoot with that movement. The better you get to know yourself and understand that's a constant, exactly. your shooting will be a lot better. Awesome. That's something <laughs> I need to take to heart. No pun intended. <laughs> well, I've got two minutes here there. Two myths, in fact, to fight them, yeah. One of them is actually going to be a little shout-out to our, one a second ago. our Canadian brothers. I found them quick. Okay. Actually, one of them I had, I just needed to look up the stats for because I've been hearing a lot of, the, like the last week, I had another headline that I heard in the news. I heard another one this week, and I wanted to get the stats. And it was talking, there was, locally, there was like two kids in the last month that had been accidentally shot by their parents' firearms. The newscasters continuously say accidental gun fatalities are a extremely serious problem in the United States and are on the rise. Talking about the serious problem comment, firearms misuse and accidental discharges cause only a small number of accidental deaths in the United States. And for example, you're five times more likely to burn to death than to be accidentally shot with a firearm. You're five times more likely to drown you're 17 more likely, 17 times more likely to be poisoned, 17 times more likely to fall to your death, and 68 times more likely to die in an automobile accident. You probably could have read that easier if it was in metric. Probably. Yeah, if it was in metric, I probably could have done it better. So, I mean, yeah, we do need to be safer with our firearms, and people do need to educate themselves better on them, but... At the same time, it's not this mass it hysteria outbreak tip, of... Or our tip of the week, which is train, train, train. train. And you'll see that video this week. Spoiler and then alert. My, my Canadian one. Um, did you know that in college, for one summer, I actually played the Canadian national sport? Lacrosse? Why? Really? Well, yeah. see, thanks. Wow. He'd ruined my fact of fight the myth. <laughs> Every, everybody just, thinks the Canadian national sport is hockey. hockey, and it's not. It's lacrosse. It's they, honestly, they like every, long, hard sticks in a sack <laughs> attached to the end of it. Everybody who doesn't play lacrosse also thinks that Canada's national sport is hockey. I don't know who. who I'm not sure what committee that was, but lacrosse is a fun sport, and it's kind of brutal if you. If it you're, looks. It, it actually brutal. looks pretty dangerous. Yeah. I, I was I was like the like in hockey they always have a goon. He's not necessarily a great hockey player, but he's put out there to beat the crap out of people. That's There's what a my movie job called was. the goon. Yeah, nice. That but was my Stifler. job in, in lacrosse. I I went out there and everybody. I'm six seven. There's no one on any lacrosse team that we played that was over five six five seven. And they were all speed demons. So the coach was like, if you see anybody and they're within a five foot radius of the ball, you just knock the crap out of them. So that was my job. Oh, by the way, we've got a, a new listener. Uh-huh. I met him the other night. Uh-huh. 6'10". Really? Yeah, bigger than you. I mean, as far as bigness, broadness, yeah. and whatnot. No, he just like... Spencer from Smyrna? Is who? <laughs> Spencer from Smyrna? No, his first name's Adam. And I'm not going to say his last name because he probably don't want to know. Uh, wants to say it. But uh, he was a cool guy. And uh, welcome to uh, the Leadhead 
club. Leadhead Nation. I like that. Leadhead fraternity. There There you you go. go. There you go. Nice. So, so are y'all like really lead heads, or you just blow smoke on Facebook to us? <laughs> no, um, we've been we've been listening since. Uh, well, Brian started. I got in probably by episode three, and I've uh, been listening ever since. I fell behind a little bit least recently, but uh, no, definitely lead heads. And uh, the comment I made about your show on our last show was that um, you know if there was an award for best new podcast on the scene. It should go to you guys hands down. You guys hit the podcasting. Nah. No, seriously. You guys got real serious, real fast, out of the gate, and have been doing everything right. The production value until tonight with us has been excellent. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You guys are slumming are you, tonight. Are you, hey, yeah. I'm looking at the me. time right now, and we're at 1.36, plus Gabby segments, about 20 minutes. This will be our oh, longest yeah. show this ever. This will be the longest show ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This no, is going to be our most doing, popular you show. Doing, you guys are doing an absolute fantastic job. Thanks, it did, it seems like you guys didn't go through any growing pains. Right off the bat, you guys were really serious right down to the equipment that you used to produce your show. You got on board with all the media, like all the forms of social media right away. Your YouTube channel is going great. I always look forward to seeing your videos. So, um, yeah, no, we're... Uh, we are definitely uh, hardcore leadheads up here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I checked out your first I'm episode. I'm blushing. <laughs> I checked out your first episode, and I think as soon as I was done, I was on my BlackBerry to Trevor to say, dude, you got to check these guys out. After the first, that, that first one? Yeah. The one where you could barely hear left hand? It was like I was That's talking to, you got to listen to these guys. <laughs> this guy's alone, but he's like talking to an imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, so you did awesome. have... You did have a little bit of growing pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate that. Those are very kind words. We like your st- shows too. We listen to both of them. No, man, I listen to you. I listen, especially when you talk about ARs, which you do most of the time, because I'm real big into ARs. And one day we'll talk about them on here. Yeah, I get a lot of good information from you guys. Really enjoy it. Well, let's give a shout out. We're, we're going to start work doing a lot of work with some very special organizations. We've gotten connected with some friends of the show. We got connected with the Green Beret Foundation, also the Seal Legacy Foundation, mm-hmm. and Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund, which we discussed in a couple episodes ago. Episode? Yeah. I believe it was. But, no, uh, yeah, two episodes ago. Let's give their... Let's give their info. Yeah, just go to fallenheroesfund.com. It's a very, very good organization. They're putting together buildings for the troops that are coming back, and they have traumatic brain injuries, PTSD. Um, right now, if they go to the VA, they'll basically get put into the shuffle with everybody else. Sometimes when they get into the VA, it can take years. Uh, I'll give an example, and this is one of the reasons this is kind of near and dear to my heart. My dad was in Vietnam. He got diagnosed with PTSD two years ago. That's how long it took them. To figure out, okay, there's some issues here. Yeah. The the young man, one of the things they talked about at the fundraiser, the young man that going through trial right now for basically murdering a bunch of Afghani people that were innocent civilians, I think it was a few months before he got deployed, went to the VA and said, I need help. I'm having bad thoughts. Nothing got done. He got deployed. Am I saying that what he did was justified? No, I'm not saying that, but it could have been prevented if we did something. And that's what Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund is doing. They're putting together just massive multi-million dollar buildings, the top of the line brain scan equipment, top of the line psychiatrist, psychologist. And if you're in the military and you walk in there, or if you're a veteran and you walk in there and you say, Hey, I'm having some issues, you're going to get seen right away. And then they're, they're going to take awesome. care of you. So it's a really yeah. good, good program. And that, that website is fallenheroesfund.org. 
So guys, go check that out if you want to learn more about them. And check out Green Beret Foundation and the Seal Legacy Foundation. Uh, we got connected with them. We're going to be doing some really special stuff in the next coming months. Great group of guys there also. Uh, absolutely. We're Appreciate be... the hats too, guys. Yes, we got some cool Seal Legacy hats. In fact, the winner of this week or last week's trivia is going to get one of those Seal Legacy hats. And that winner Quicker is... Quicker than Brian is going to yeah, get his don't hat. believe him, guys. Don't <laughs> believe that they're going to send your hat. In six to eight weeks. <laughs> when you get your hat, I want it posted on your web... On your, uh, facebook page everywhere the winner probably hook that up yeah (laughs) (laughs) so the winner of last week's trivia who is going to get that seal legacy foundation hat is robbie lee ray so robbie please email us your contact information and the trivia question was the trivia question was what was the real name of the skipper and the professor on gilligan's island there you go the new (laughs) survivalist show It's not the new, it's the original. It was the original survival show that started all the trends today. <laughs> Without Gilligan's Island, we don't have Survivor. Is that what it's called? Survivor or Survivor Island? I think it's Survivor. The guy Survivor. with Jeff Prost. Yeah. I think we lost the Canadians. <laughs> no, they're there. They're still there playing with their guns. By the way, what gun is that you're playing with? Oh, this would be the forty five. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Nice. And the you. and the answer is Jonas Grumby, not Grumbly, as somebody sent in. It's Jonas Grumby and Roy Hinkley. Nice. He's the professor. I did not know that. I do now. The very first episode. And that will help me in my survival skills. If you watch the very first episode of, <laughs> of Gilligan's Island. They talk about it? That's where they give their names. Oh, nice. On the radio there when they're doing the announcement that they're looking for the lost crew of the Minnow. And blah, blah, blah. This week's... Trivia question is going to be a very, very cool prize. Yes. Uh, as you heard on Gabby on Guns, she released a book. Last week, was it? It was two uh, weeks about ago? two weeks ago. She finally got her book together. She got it released. And this week's winner is going to win a copy of her first uh, in the series of books that she's going to be doing. But not just any copy. It's going to be an autographed copy. To the winner. To the winner. It's going to have your name. It's from gonna, Gabby. From Gabby. To you. And it's the, the troubleshooting. And now that these Canucks have been on our show, they're not eligible anymore, are they? Absolutely they are. <laughs> oh, you We're guys are much kinder than politics and guns, right, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, and they haven't ragged on me yet for winning stuff. So uh-huh. this is good. <laughs> no, that's we're, we're not a conglomerate here. So the only people that can't win is me and Zeke. So much, or our family members. Everybody else is eligible to win. Hurry up and give me the question so I can write it down. <laughs> so if you go to YouTube and you look up Gabby Franco's uh, channel, it's just Gabby Franco, and you go to the video where she's talking about the Glock 17 that was customized by, by Taran Butler, what are the type of sights that he put on that Glock 17? I know it. I watched the video. Already? Wow. Okay, so you're disqualified. <laughs> you can't answer on the show. It's got to be a I drawing. I was, watching, I was watching her channel last night. And it's plus, a, this isn't going to be posted until tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so we'll, for this one episode, you're disqualified. Yeah. Oh, so that sorry, is bro. the question. And send in your answers. We'll put it in a drawing, and the winner will be announced next week, and you will get an autographed copy of Gabby Franco's book sent to you from her. EDC check. Ah, he got us. We got called out by a Canuck. We did. We just got <laughs> yeah. called out. All right, since you called us out, what do you got? Um, well, I wish I could say my Glock 22. 
but that's just for EDC in the house. Um, my Kershaw Clash is definitely uh, part of my EDC. And that's that, your knife? Yes, sir. Describe the that. Fastest, fastest opening um, assist knife I've, I've got my hands on so far. Well, how, how long is the blade? Uh, just about four inches, but not quite. Do you guys have uh, limits on blade lengths and whatnot for you to be able no. to? Cool. That's one thing you got to speed on. USA still wins. <laughs> is that all you got? Yeah, that's really that knife is the only thing that, you know, yeah, sure, cell phone. Uh, I don't even have any paracord bracelets. You know, it's, yeah. Not your, not your kettle of fish? Nope, I don't even carry a flashlight. <laughs> no, just just yeah, just shoot through the door with a shotgun. That's what Uncle Biden said to do, right? No, shoot in the air. No, you shoot in the air. <laughs> oh, I thought you shot through the door. No, no you, you don't shoot even. In the air. You shoot two shots in the air and a double barrel shotgun, and everybody runs and that's, away. That's going to scare them away, guaranteed. Right. Actually, Biden said both. I think. Nah, he didn't. Didn't he? I think he did when he came when he tried no. to apologize. I think he nah, the door. Door. he said something about shooting. Nah, he's a jack wagon. He didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> Before we get into that, we we should say hello to our friends at at the NSA uh, who are listening in as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) See, and and that's not fair because our leadheads don't even get to hear it before the NSA does. They probably already they're hearing this whole episode before. I think our leadheads. I think the people that answer our career questions are part of the NSA. Might be. (laughs) Except for Brian, if you start getting responses. Like, as soon as you stop recording, you know that might be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give away a gift that's so cool. That they, <laughs> and they'll that, be like, dude, I'm going to answer that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I know that answer. So I guess it's my turn for the EDC. It's your turn. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little ahead of Trevor, but not much. Um, I do have my CRKT M16 knife that is with me every day. And uh, recently I added a miniature flashlight. It's a Maratac AAA uh, flashlight gives me 80 lumens in a flashlight that's smaller than my finger. Cool. Nice. Oh, yeah. And I carry it all in my brand new concealment solutions inside the waistband uh, knife sheath. Custom made. I mean, I've heard good yeah. things about them. Yeah. It's yeah. all I carry is Jason's stuff from mag pouches to his inside the waistband and his outside the waistband stuff. So seriously, you guys, you guys can't carry guns? Not outside the house. Nope. And you know you get your trunk gun and stuff, but we don't get to carry a handgun on our person. What's no. your what's your everyday trunk gun? Uh, XCR. Yeah, I, I don't really I don't really have a trunk, so I don't. <laughs> you ever got a motorcycle? No, and and a I moped. go to some areas where you know it could be a bit of an issue. Every once in a while, I do work on uh, professional work on uh, military bases, and I, I, I do uh, do some work currently for the provincial police and uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't carry a gun in my vehicle at all times. Focus. All right, guys, don't don't cry. Okay. Bam. They can't see it there, Hoss. I know. <laughs> Let me guess. Glock 22 on your waist and something on your ankle. Negative. No. I got no. shorts on today. Today I'm packing the Remington R1 45 Auto. Giddy up. With some new grips. I got the Hogue with the finger groove flat dark it, earth grips. Is it at least the R1 enhanced? Well. He's enhanced it. I've enhanced it a little bit, but it's not the from the factory enhanced. Okay, so it's like a Rock River Arms or a Rock Island Armory. Uh, I love it basically. So better. Okay. Because I own it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got a uh, sporting the the Blackhawk Sportster, not the Serpa. I'm going to get a Serpa. Uh, and then um, I've got my Tool Logic 
Not going to go into all that. You guys know it. And I've Please got, don't blow the whistle. I'm not. I've got okay, the um, <laughs> cold steel. We've already talked about this with Gabby, so I've got the cold steel double neck agent. Knife. Neck knife. And then in my uh, bag, which is the Maxpedition. I was away from the mic there. In my bag, I've got the Maxpedition uh, Condor 2 bag. And in the concealed carry pouch in that, I've got the Glock 23 with the... Uh, 120 lumen light. Yeah, and we kind of doubled up on this week's EDC because we just wanted to make the Canadians jealous. So I'm carrying not only my Glock 19, I also on the other side put my Smith & Wesson 1911. I have got an ankle carry of my Taurus 357 Snubby. (laughs) I've got two pocket knives, which y'all can have those. And then uh, I've got a... uh, rifle sitting next to me and there's a Mossberg. That's not an edc though come on okay the guns are i've carried three guns before yeah masada yub was teaching mag 40 with a glock 26 on each kidney and a uh 38 special revolver in his pocket <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> listener feedback we've got some good listener feedback this week one of them is on our website and yeah, we kind of um, overlooked that. We need to start doing more to our website so i go on the last podcast and there's one comment, and it was awesome. It said, left hand says, Gilligan's Island is a survivalist show. Priceless. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was the original yes. survivalist show. And that's from MKH374. So this next listener feedback is from iTunes. And I'm going to do a little something special for uh, this one. I'm going to start a little music because this guy said he's going to be listening to us at a very special time in his life. And he says, there's the music. It's good stuff. He says, ear candy, five star. (laughs) And this is from Mr. Silky Sheets. (laughs) He says, I feel like a Piers Morgan for not leaving a review sooner. This is my favorite podcast by far. Y'all are quite the duo like Lucy and Ethel. Now, who's Lucy and who's Ethel? I don't know. I love you, <laughs> now, now, Mr. Silky Sheets, this is the part why you got the sexy music playing in the background. My beautiful wife, on June 29th, Angel and myself, will be listening to your shows on our honeymoon drive for sure. <laughs> so, you know, Mr. Silky Sheets, I'm uh, playing this music to get you a little honeymoon <laughs> drive. <laughs> theme song <laughs> get you some boy because i just have never imagined that you know talking lead would be you know something to get somebody in their honeymoon mood so thanks for the uh the, the podcast congratulations to both of you i hope you'll have an awesome honeymoon and an awesome marriage then he goes on to say i hope you two guys will one day be able to do what you love for a living that is our goal we're working it. then we got another quick one it says great show five stars by sweet sweat <laughs> I should have left the sexy music on for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet sweat. Uh, he just said, keep up the good work. That's it. All right. We got one here. It says, hey, guys, Ian from Australia. Again, uh, he's left us some feedback before. He just uh, specifically, he said, I just listened to your Guns Across the Border podcast. That was the one with Mike Deddy. Just wanted to let you know that I thought it was fantastic. What an amazing story. I'm definitely going to read that book. You guys are just getting better every week. Really impressive interview with excellent questions and insights. Thanks so much again for all the effort you put into the show. 
Your passion and enthusiasm really shines through. Great work, Zeke and Left Hand. You guys rock. That's from Australia. Thank I had to you read to that. our Aussie friend. Well, Brian, Trevor, thank you once again for coming on and creating a editing nightmare for me. But, you know, hey, it's going to be a fun next eight hours. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the wait. Last on three the hours were great. <laughs> on the... more, more than happy to give you work, Zeke. Can I have one shout out? Sure. Yeah. I, I'd like to shout out to Artisan Tony. Uh, the, the listeners on the, on the show might know who I am from the AR-15 beauty pageant. And I, I just, I just want to say that as soon as I saw the pictures of those, the contestants. The Woody. I picked Artisan. Every, everybody we've talked to has said the same thing. It, it was just so unique. I'd never I'm seen so anything incredibly like incredibly disappointed. <laughs> oh, and, and I I'm like you, Trevor. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I, I thought it was unique and different, but I still like Brian's better. Yeah. Well, yeah. well like you'll be glad to know that Artisan Tony's hat got shipped out the same time yours did. So, <laughs> no preferential treatment there. Although he only lives he only lives an hour and a half away, so he may get it a little quicker. So tell us yes. real quick how people can listen to you guys. No. <laughs> Come on now. You're just going to start can, being on our show, right? They can find us on the Canadian Reload Radio Network. Yes, they can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Facebook. Uh, you can find. My show website, uh, cscrpodcast.wordpress.com. Trevor, do you guys? Yeah, you guys? We're, we're straight up slamfireradio.com. Slamfireradio.com, and you are Canadian Service Conditions Radio, Canadian right? Canadian Service Conditions Radio, yep. There we go. And unlike usual, this is going to be a little different play out song. I'm going to go back to the. Blame Canada. Yeah. Just as a salute to you guys. You know, we love you both. So. I love that movie. And as always, left hand, keep your loved ones close and your fire close. No, blame Canada! Blame Canada! With all their beady little eyes and flapping heads so full of lies. Blame Canada! Blame Canada! We need to form a full assault! Don't blame me for my son Stan. He saw the darn cartoon and now he's off to join the clan. My boy Eric once had my picture on his shelf, but now when I see him, it tells me to f*** myself. Well, blame Canada! Blame Canada! It seems that everything's gone wrong since Canada came along. Blame Canada! Blame Canada! They're not even a real country anyway. 